Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. everyone and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Happy Taco Tuesday on this December 12th. Brooke Grimsley is here. Kerry Davis, Super Bowl champ is back. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Hi kids, how are we doing? Everybody ready? We're doing good. I'm fired up this morning. I know you are. are. Because something happened last night. Oh, something happened. Okay, so let me just, uh, I'll I'll read the abridged text because I'll get get us thrown off the air. Oh, no, no, no. I was worried about about what would be said this morning. uh, (laughs) So, yeah, after uh, the Tennessee Titans snapped a 767-game winning streak for teams up by 14 with three or fewer minutes left in the NFL, 767-0, Titans come back and beat the Dolphins, and Brooke texts the crew and says, Tighten the F up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm impressed. I love it. Congratulations. Happy for you. Yes, yes. I I kept it pretty tame in there. Mom and Dad, if you're listening, I do not curse. No, you don't. I never heard it. Since I've met you, I read it verbatim. I I read it verbatim. Yes, yes. yes. I don't even, it just stands for fun, you know? Tighten the fun up. up. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what that means, CD. Uh, Yeah, I am pretty fired up this morning. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was telling Randy when I got in this morning, I quit watching after that Gare error, if if you want to put it in that way. That little Gare error. I was like, this is so Titans. Oh my God. They're going to just screw this up. It was such a good game for them. But man, Will Levis and Vrabel going for two, it all paid off yeah, for the Titans. Yeah, it did. Vrabel's going to be your Titans coach next year. And Will Levis. And, and Will Levis is going to be your quarterback. I'm so excited about yeah, Will Levis, they're guys. They're going in the right direction. And this is a team that is literally held together by scotch tape right now. And somehow they were able to beat the Miami Dolphins, which I know that Tyreek Hill was obviously not doing well in that game dealing with, I think they said an ankle injury yeah, afterwards. Yeah. But still. That was a. I wasn't That's expecting a, that, guys. Bad loss by the, something by the Dolphins too. Yeah, it is. A good it win is. for the Titans. But and, really and a good loss. good win yeah. for the Ravens. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're welcome, yeah. Ravens fans. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, later in the show, we're going to talk to our buddy John Kelly as the Blues get ready to take on the David Perronless Red Wings tonight. Perron was officially suspended by the league yesterday for six games, so David will not be back in St. Louis tonight, and we don't get to see a fun video. I, I wonder if we'll give David a video every single time he comes to town. We should. Uh, and then we're also going to talk to uh, our friend Jimmy Collins. He is the executive director of the D- Demetrius Johnson Charitable Foundation, and they have a very important toy drive coming up, so we're going to talk to uh, J.C., Later in the show, you're familiar with yeah. Jim Collins, yeah, one yeah. of the great football minds in our area. He is. They just uh, won state again. Third still, time. Yep. Good. Congratulations for them. And uh, you know, it's it's good to see how well the Demetrius uh, Johnson Foundation is still doing despite his absence, um, his passing last year. It's, it's awesome to see the work that they're still doing because sometimes it's difficult to keep a foundation or mm-hmm. keep a company going when when someone passes away, especially the founder. So it's uh it's really good for them that they're able to do all of the things that they're still doing. And DJ did everything. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, I, and that's what I want to ask him. Like, did you really know how much work DJ was doing? 
him because DJ strikes me as a guy that just does the work, worker bee, doesn't talk mm-hmm. about it, just gets it done, and then you show up and everything is taken care right. of. And now that presence is no longer there, and you're like, oh, he was doing all of that? Yeah, we'll ask Jimmy about Oof. that. And yeah. it, it could be a little bit uh, much for, for people that yeah. haven't done it. So uh, last night, Titans down 27-13, fourth quarter. But they scored a touchdown with 240 left. Will Levis to DeAndre Hopkins. Who's that? I mean, he's come out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. Quite, yeah, a, quite a player. A uh, minute later, Derrick Henry with a three-yard touchdown run, and the Titans take the lead, 28-27. But the Dolphins still had a chance late, but they weren't able to take advantage of it. Two yards here to keep the dream game alive here. Tua in traffic. He'll be brought down in Tennessee. He's going to secure an incredible, <laughs> improbable comeback victory and win for the road on the first time this year. Titans now 5-8 and eight after the victory, 28-27 over the Dolphins. Inject that into my veins. I am fired up this morning. The Titans defense, this is also a defense that didn't have Jeffrey Simmons. When I was talking about being held together mm-hmm. by scotch tape, obviously, Will Levis, rookie quarterback, he's done great in my opinion. Not a great offensive line in front of him at times. It's just been a not great season for the Tennessee Titans. And defensively, you also had some turnover with the trades, as we saw. And Jeffrey Simmons out, but Landry accounted for three of the Titans' five. Five sacks. That was huge for the Titans defense last night. They were playing extremely well. Like you said, Tyreek missing time in the game, coming back, but really not himself. I think that hurt the Dolphins. But the inability, you get the Titans to give up the ball on back-to-back possessions. They have the muff punt where the Dolphins are able to field the ball inside the 20 in the red zone. They score. And then they have the Titans get the ball back. And then they pitch it to Derrick Henry, and that's a fumble. And then now the the Dolphins are in the red zone again, back-to-back touchdowns. You're thinking, as you said, oh, this game's over. There's no way in the world that the Titans are going to win on the road, down 14, with this much time left. And they just drive the ball down the field, score. Get the ball. <laughs> Listen, clock management for the Miami Dolphins obviously <laughs> yeah, helps something out to be as well. Uh, but then they score again. And it's like no one expected that. Great, great job by the Tennessee Titans. You know, surprising. But I think it was – if you're the Miami Dolphins, you cannot lose that game when you are fighting to be the number one seed mm-hmm. in the AFC and you lose to a team that was had only won four games at that point. Exactly. And if anything, and you know, you've talked about this, CD, I thought that that proved more and more that Tyreek Hill needs to be your MVP this season because that was a different team without him in mm-hmm. there. He is so explosive. It almost looks kind of like, I mean, the Chiefs this year without Tyreek Hill. When, when he's not in the game or is active in the game, that explosiveness is gone. And it just, in my opinion, added more to the case that he needs to be the MVP. It, what about Debo? Samuel, though. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that guy. Yeah. yeah. Debo's missed some time. He, the, the, so he, that, that, he missed that, three. The, the yeah. 49ers are the 10 0 without him yeah. and 0 3 without yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. 10 0 with him, 0 3 without him. Yeah. I, I think the three games missed is, is part of the reason That's, why. I think that makes him valuable. <sighs> That's what shows his value yeah, is Tyreke, that they don't win without him. Tyreek is, is I, I like numbers, Randy. Give me the numbers. Give me the guy that uh, is going to break records. Yeah. I, I, I like 10 and 3. That's my number. Uh, 
that's okay. So that's okay, okay we, we didn't rehearse <laughs> this. Uh, later on in the next couple of weeks, we'll do this. But uh, I, I want Matthew Rocchio to give us this morning at the DeVito household. So Tommy laying in bed this morning. To, yeah, Tommy, Tommy laying in bed this morning, and, and Matthew he gave me the perfect. And uh, by the way, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman told the story last night about how Tommy's living at home in Jersey, his mom making him chicken cutlets. So uh, Matthew Rocchio, if you can get into character for us, please. This will be so hard for you. And give us uh, this morning, this Monday morning, after the Giants win over the Packers, 24-22, in the New Jersey DeVito household. I I mean, I mean, hey, Ma, 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 we got any of that linguine with clam sauce? I got to get to practice by like 1030. I I need need a carbo load. Take out the trash! All right, all all right, Ma, all right. I'll take out the trash. Garbage truck. Hey, Billy, how you doing? Hey, yeah, you know, you had the game last night. You don't know I'm good. Hey, remember remember back at PS143 when we were throwing a ball around? I'm I'm a Jets guy, but hey, good game last night. I love it. Yes! Turns around, I'm a wrong Jets fan. Tuesday morning at the DeVito household in New Jersey. Oh, man. So Italian. I was waiting for a Gabagool at the end there. No? No. Gabagool. Uh, The Illinois product, Tommy DeVito. I and I, yeah. 17 of 21 for 158, a touchdown, no interceptions, and he leads the Giants to the 24-22 victory, and they did it in dramatic fashion with a thicker kicker. The hold, the kick, the win for the Giants, and Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. It's amazing. It's, NFL game. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> like to, just to watch the success that he has been having. Great. The they they won three in a row. He's doing a really mm-hmm. good job as a young football player, undrafted rookie. Just exciting to watch. When they got that ball back, you were like, okay. But now he's just moving the ball down the field, made a great throw to Wendell Robinson, and it's fun to watch young fun. players have the success that they're having it, it, it's just watching the, the maturation and, and the progression that they've made that he's made over the last few games since he started his first game it's, it's fun to watch I'm, I'm just obsessed with his family I mean that Me is too. the most Italian American family they're having that fun. you've ever seen and then did you see his agent, the agent on the sideline do you think he always dresses like that that was a fedora right oh yeah he, okay. he has to he's a New Jersey he's so got Technically, it's a trilby. A trilby. Oh, it looks like because it bends up in the back. Oh. Okay. I, I, you see, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not not well versed in the hatware. Yeah. Mm. I, I I don't think that we are um, generalizing here. I don't think this is an inherent bias because we've all watched The Sopranos. But doesn't the agent appear to be a mobster? Yes! And the way he was on the phone right next to Tommy DeVito, it looked like he was wheeling and dealing yeah, over make, there. Making a deal, no Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's, it's, the fa- it's a very subtle thing, but you pointed out the one very thing. He wore a turtleneck mm-hmm. with a three-piece <laughs> pinstripe suit. He wore a three-piece suit. Like, he put the vest on. A pinstripe suit, the most, like, 80s classic New York thing in the world. And he goes, you know, how do I make this even more ridiculously Italian? No shirt tie the black <laughs> turtleneck the most the most italian thing epic, in fashion epic. he's got to be playing this up right he, he, this is not his everyday oh, get up it's this it's is new jersey south this is game bracelet on one hand this is game day 
<laughs> national TV, yeah. Monday Night Football. It's I'm gonna I'm classic. gonna give you what you're asking for, right? Yeah, it's just it's, it's hilarious. And though. the Giants have won awesome. three in a row. So last night we're sitting at the uh, the Hubbard Radio 101 ESPN uh, Christmas party, and Brooke and I are are sitting there, and we're just enjoying our uh, great speaking of Italians, oh, Italian food down delicious. at Il Belago, uh, right below our station. And Brooke's looking at her phone, and she said, oh, Shohei Otani is going to defer all but $2 million of his salary. And I said, oh, that's, that's cool of him. I'm thinking, okay, for 2024. No. The entire He's deferring $680 million. He's going to make $2 million a year cash money for the first, for the, the 10 years of the contract. And then the rest is going to be deferred until 2043. Well, uh, over the course of the end of the contract till 2043, that's when he uh, stops receiving payments from the Doyers. The the interesting part was there's no interest added onto that, right? It, it's just the, the $680 million that he'll be getting after his contract actually ends. That's amazing to me. And and I think we were, I was listening to Jamie yesterday when they were talking about it. You have to, in order to do that, the amount of endorsements you must have is to, to be able to live comfortably in L.A. And off he, of a $2 million salary. He's at $40 million a year in endorsements. You're, you're, wow. He's probably going to double that. I would this think so, yeah. Like he, he'll probably, yeah, probably over, probably be close to $100 yeah. million in endorsements per year for the next Eight to ten years, and the Dodgers, rather than spending seventy million a year for the next ten years, they only have to spend two million a year. So that allows them to go out and pursue other players like Yamamoto. Here's Jeff Passan of ESPN. This is a dream contract for the Dodgers, an absolute dream contract. It's seven hundred on paper. Otani will get seven hundred million when it's all said and done, but the present day value of the contract is a fraction of that. And so they can go out and spend more money on players, bring in even more of a championship caliber team around Otani than they already have. And, you know, it seems like everyone here is happy. Well, and here's the other thing. You're Mark Walter, the owner of the Dodgers. Just plan on selling the franchise in 10 years. Let somebody else take on those deferments, right? You you get to watch def- uh, Otani play, maybe win a championship or two, watch the value of your franchise skyrocket, and then you wind up selling it for $10 billion in a few years, and somebody else owns the team and has to pay Otani. Shohei is a, a better man than me. I got trust issues, Randy. I need my money right now. I don't. I don't want to wait. I don't like the wait. I don't. I don't want to wait around. I, I mean, you know, the Dodgers got it right, but mm-hmm. there's a chance that they may not have. I don't know. Ten years is a long time. I, I want. I want my money. But Shohei's. He's going to be all right. He'll we don't fine. need to have any bake sales oh, for him. No. No. Shohei no, no, no. is doing just fine. He's obviously huge in Japan. I mean, the endorsements. We had Bob Nightingale on yesterday, and he brought in the revenue that. It was like $25 million, I guess, that Right, Shohei, that he brings in for a team, right? Yes, that he brings in value-wise. And also, they can capitalize on the Japanese marketing. That's something that will be huge for the Dodgers as well. When you have like those different boards, they can put in Japanese marketing. You notice that last year with Shohei. That can happen again. And when I saw the deferral, the first thing I thought of is, they're going to go get Yamamoto. That's what that I was thought, my too. Yeah. first thought, is that they're going to go get Yamamoto. Major League highest endorsement income. Shohei, $40 million. This is for 2023 for this year. Number two in endorsement income this past year, Mike Trout at $5 million. Shohei at $40 million, obviously most of that in Japan. Trout at $5 million. Aaron Judge at $4 million. 
nobody else is above $2 million uh, where Corey Seager is and Max Scherzer for baseball endorsements. So it's Shohei and then, here, let me just add up the rest of the top 10 for you with Randy Math. $3 million, <laughs> uh, 7, uh, 12, uh, 13 and a half, 14, 15 and a half, 16 and a half. So about $17 million for numbers two through nine in endorsement money, 40 million for Shohei. He's getting twice as much as numbers two through, more than twice as much as numbers two through nine. So he's doing all right. Yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah, I think so. And there, there's, we're getting some texts in from some people saying no income tax on deferred payments in California. I don't know if that's true. If that uh-huh. is, That'd be pretty good. that's pretty dang on good. And then saying the Dodgers invest that money over the next 10 years, they would actually be paying less because of the money that they would incur from the... Uh, might be. Yeah. Uh, they might be shrewd investors. I think the Guggenheim Group, are they a financial group? I think they, they're the ultimate owners of the, the franchise. No, right? I, 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 Randy, too hard, Randy. I can, I can tell you hard. this. There are teams that, that don't um, do direct deposit for that reason. Mm. They, they make sure you Give come pick your check up because the longer that money sits in the account, the more money they make off now, of it. Now, Carrie, I don't know. Uh, you, <laughs> you would know this better than I. But I remember when Keith Lyle signed a contract with the Rams, Jay Zygmunt had to go down to Tampa and meet Keith, and they signed the contract in Florida because I believe Florida tax rules applied if the contract was actually signed in the mm. state of Florida. I don't know if that still applies or if that's a thing. That's a very important thing. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Go to Texas or go to Florida and sign the contract there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that's still the case. But I remember specifically with, with Keith, uh, that was what he did. Very Even nice. though the money was made here in St. Louis uh, and in the state of Missouri. And Missouri changed their laws, by the way, so that every time an athlete would come into town, every time an athlete does come into town, Max Scherzer come to, comes in and pitches. For what he makes for that game, that is taxed by the state of Missouri. Yeah. Every state we went to, we, got, we had to pay taxes in yeah. that state. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't know how I feel ridiculous. about that. That's... It's ridiculous. Yep. Ned Coletti was on MLB yeah. Network Radio yesterday talking about how uh, his first deal was, I think, and it was with the 1982 Cubs. It was something like $500,000. What he was signing for, for the biggest contract that the Cubs had at that time, Shohei Otani is going to make per game. <laughs> Must be wonderful. It's a wonderful Pretty life. amazing. Pretty amazing. All right. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. And we have a serious question for you, and we need you to weigh in on the uh, text line brought to you by Air Comfort Services. 314-399-9646. 314 Question is this. After the Rangers won the World Series, would a Cowboys Super Bowl be really bad for America? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, so the, uh, the, the Texas Rangers won the World Series, and all those people that uh, live in Dallas now think that uh, they invented baseball, which is great. I'm glad that they're excited about it. Uh, after winning their first World Series. So the city is already mildly insufferable. No, not mildly. They're very, very insufferable. (laughs) If their main team, the Cowboys, who I I will begrudgingly give you, have played pretty well, although they did lose 42-10 to the 49ers, but the, the Cowboys have played well of late. If the Cowboys would win the Super Bowl after this 2023 season in 2024, uh, 
Would that be bad for America? Now, we already have a text that says they're America's team, self-proclaimed America's team. They really aren't America's team. I don't know who decided that. Yeah, well, NFL Films did. Well, that's after the Steelers turned it down, from what I was told. Okay. Well, the Steelers and the Packers are both more America's team than the Cowboys. Because many people, yes, the Cowboys do move the needle on TV, but much of it is hate-watching. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, we, we don't like the Cowboys. But you think of what Jerry Jones has done to our specific community, and you think about what what happened, for example, after the Cubs won the World Series. It wasn't too long after the Cubs won the World Series that we wound up having a global pandemic. So <laughs> if the Cowboys would get to an NFC championship game, one of my favorite lines, by the way, uh, St. Louisans for Cowboys fans is that St. Louis has been to an NFC championship game and won a Super Bowl more recently than the Cowboys have. Uh, give that one to Jerry Jones. Yeah. But I, I just think that uh, bad things would be on horizon on the horizon for uh, America if the Cowboys <laughs> win the Super Bowl. CD, I wish you were here for this conversation yesterday oh. when we were discussing at the table mm-hmm. after the show in our after show meeting. Mm-hmm. It, this this conversation went a million different places. <laughs> I see. It, it, went, it went it went it took some dark turns and it took some funny turns. <laughs> I was trying to think last night of some example. I think you guys bring up the Cubs is mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah. The Cubs. Oh, it, it, that oh, okay, one, I was happy for my Cub fan friends, but I had no I, idea what was coming. I wasn't, <laughs> and, and the reason I went to Illinois, right? Yeah, right. So I had I have so many friends that are fair weather Chicago fans. Like they they mm. they love the 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 Cubs or the White Sox when they won. They oh yeah, you don't even watch baseball, bro. Like, but the fact that the Cubs won and it had been hundreds of like a hundred years, that really set me back in my in my teasing of Cubs and Chicago yeah. fans because now I no longer had that to hang over. Over their heads, and that bothered me because it, mm-hmm. it, it it's the one thing that I had for them. Right, and, and, right. and then they, and it's not they, there anymore. It's not there anymore. They talk about the '85 Bears. It was 30, 40 years ago, but they still talk about them. They yeah. hold on. They cling on to that team. The Chicago Cubs winning was a really bad time for me because yep. it was it just took away something yeah. that I enjoyed so much. <laughs> and then and then the, the, then the Rams go to a Super Bowl and they wind up winning a Super Bowl. Just uh, and there were some okay, you know, the Red Sox wind up winning another. World mm-hmm. Series, there there was just a lot, and granted, part of that was glory for us with Gloria, mm-hmm. right? Because the Blues finally won a Stanley Cup, but specific to right now in our place and time in America, if the Cowboys win, I think it would just be a tragic outcome because I don't think it's something that we could recover. Could you imagine seeing? I don't know if it would be him or an AI, but Jerry Jones holding up the trophy. I want to AI Jerry yeah. so bad. <laughs> With an AI Lombardi trophy. God, how horrible would that be? Oh, He'd man. be everywhere. The fact that you are talking about him right now in a negative way, I'm sure his AI like senses are going off right now. Oh, yeah, somebody probably. Yeah. Somebody, somebody somebody's somebody's letting him know. That's the thing with, with Jura. All of the intelligence is artificial. Oh, oh my God. Uh, the, 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 the Cowboys winning would be, would be bad. I mean, because they Cowboy fans, like that fan base might be some of the worst fans in all of sports mm-hmm. because the, the delusion, the level of delusion is, is at an all-time high. Every season, you know, they start off, this is going to be our year. They struggle. They win some games against teams that aren't great. They win a big game, and then they go to the playoffs, and they, then they don't make it happen. And so the, the setup is fun. I mean, it, it's been 30 years. We've watched this setup happen mm-hmm. year after year after year. But the delusion that they have that they are still 
the Cowboys of the '90s is uh, and I think, and also I think Jerry Jones is trying to embrace some of that. He's going to put Jimmy Johnson in the Ring mm-hmm. of Honor, like he's trying to get back some of that. Like maybe we lost a little bit of it when we when we you know dis- discarded Jimmy Johnson the way and we did. So we're trying to get it back, but watching them win would be terrible for Some, me. Yeah, somebody from the 304 texted it, and you're forgetting Texas Longhorns are right in it. Could have Ooh, three yeah. championships oh in the state of Texas. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, All that Tom Herman man. stuff, and remember, you don't remember, you weren't here, Brooke, but DeLos Dodds, when Mizzou moved to the SEC, their athletic director said, and it really isn't very accurate anymore, fortunately, he said, a good year for Missouri is a bad year for the University of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, taking those shots. And then Tom Herman, or no, uh, yeah, Tom Herman. Who, who did was he it, get it? What quarterback did Was it Drew Locke that he got into it with? Yeah, when he was doing he did the, he did the, oh, yeah. 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 He did the secure the bag uh, yeah. celebration. And then, and then Herman was walking on the yeah. sideline like a jerk. Yep. So just uh, during this season of miracles, when you go to bed at night and say your prayers, pray for a <laughs> cowboy elimination. You know, what? and I got to tell you that if they would make the playoffs, even if they would go to the NFC Championship game and get trampled by the Niners, forty-two to ten again, I would be gleeful. But I don't want to see them in an NFC Championship game because I want us, St. Louis, to have played in an NFC Championship game more recently than the Cowboys did. Yeah, I don't think that they. Uh, I, I don't think it matters. I mean, they're, they're, they beat the Eagles, right? But I don't think they come playoff time they'll beat the, either the 49ers or the Eagles. Okay, if they good. Play Thank I, you. I don't think you have to worry about it. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's a Kerry. tough challenge. I like it. So, uh, by the way, uh, I know we have Cowboy. We have uh, our, our buddy Mike Ryder is a Cowboy fan. Is he really? Oh yeah. He Why? Because he grew up a cow- Cowboy fan. So there's nothing wrong with being well. There nah, is kind of a little bit. A little bit. Well, I never knew this. Ryder's a fan of a team. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't wear any. He doesn't. He doesn't give you that. Uh, that's, that's true. I, I, I'm with you there. I just, yeah, did you're he right. just say he was a Cowboys fan to make you mad one day? Oh, he might have. <laughs> that, seems, that seems more likely than him actually being a Cowboy fan. We even had Jersey Day yesterday for that whole did dinner. Did he have a jersey on? And he was wearing a jersey, but it was a Beavis and Butthead jersey. Oh. Yeah, mm. and it should have won. All okay. due respect to our buddy. No, Euler won. Euler what had a great hockey, a hockey jersey, a okay. great ni- number 95 hockey jersey. It was good. Yeah, that was our Christmas party. We had a... Uh, a jersey competition. Brooke wear her St. Louis Billikens jersey. I forgot that I have a Lars Newtbar Team Japan yeah. jersey, so I really failed. Oh, I could have won with that one. You but I wore my Billikens jersey that they gave us where it had Grimsley on the back, and I actually convinced Mike Ryder. He was like, wait, did you play for the Billikens? I was like, yeah, you didn't know that? I was like, seriously? You didn't? And he, he was like very confused. I think that he thinks I play for the Billikens. So before he gets in today, keep that act going. Got to have that going. <laughs> and I wore a, a 101 ESPN kickball uh, okay. jersey because I managed our kickball team one year. That we won. With, with, uh, I got doused with ice water. It was great. I had a Marvin Bad News Barnes jersey. Oh, I, my. I haven't seen it. I, that would have been my choice. I, I you still yeah. have it? I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in the house, I'm oh. sure. Marvin Bad News right? Barnes. 24, yeah. Because that was my number in college. Oh, Spears yeah. St. Louis yeah. jerseys are yeah. the freaking best. That was good that as was it, it gets, man. <laughs> uh, that's Kerry. That's Brooke. That's Matthew. I'm Randy. Coming up, the Blues are in action tonight against... The Detroit Red Wings. But are we going to see a Blues team that really tries? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber.
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azec to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could have the answer, but it's it's just coming ready to play and, and uh, you know, taking pride in, in doing the work and putting in the work uh, each and every night. And, and uh, like I said, you, you just can't... You know, it's not everyone, but you just can't choose when you when you want to show up. At the end of the day, uh, yeah, leadership can step up, but we're not responsible for for guys in their gear. They have to they have to go out and play and play hard. So yeah, we have to get guys on the on the same page, and um, we we feel like our locker room's fine. It just it's just um, you know, like I said, we we're picking and choosing when we want to play. That is the Blues captain, Braden Chen, and that is troubling. A very uninspired and uninspiring last eight periods for the Blues. After leading 3-1 against Vegas last Wednesday night, they lose that game 6-3. Then they lose in Columbus 5-2 on Friday, and then 3-1 to the worst team in the league, the Blackhawks, on Saturday. And then those comments, pretty pointed and pretty alarming for a Blues fan from the captain, Braden Chen, and it's one thing for us to say, okay, the effort's not there. It's another thing altogether for somebody who's in the room and on the ice to say, hey, can't pick and choose when you're going to show up. That sounds like a captain that has said that in the locker room many, many times, and the message is still not getting through. And sometimes that is when you have to go to the public and say, look, I am trying as a captain. I want you to know that I am trying here, but I cannot force these guys. He made a comment about, you know, we can't. Uh, saying he's not responsible for guys in their gear. They're not responsible for guys in their gear when he's talking about the Blues leadership. And it's true. It seems like with whatever buttons that Craig Berube and this leadership group, that includes the captain and also Robert Thomas, Colton Pareko, Justin Falk, whatever buttons they're trying to push is not working. And you're seeing that. That is 100% what's going on with these consistency issues with the Blues is they are not buying into whatever message that they're trying to get for this season. That's bad. Mm-hmm. It, it's bad when one of your teammates has to say that about you. And it also, for me, it, it just shows that I guess the, the lack of accountability, it, it seems to me like a lack of accountability, ability, a lack of respect for your teammates, for the game. If you can't show up, and we see it, like we're not, we're not, this is not something that we are struggling to watch with our own eyes. When we say, you know, some days they show up and they look great, and some days they look like they look lackluster. It's we we're watching it in real time, and to have the captain come out and say it, I think that that's troubling about 
to say that about your teammates and to say that not about all of them, but the fact that there are some. We saw one get waived yesterday, that there, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that there are still more that are there that are not willing to give everything that they have every single night. And that's a question that when I'm in that locker room, what the hell are we doing? If you can't do it, it's one thing. If you're not willing to do it, that's another thing. And that part would be really troubling for me as a teammate. And with the Jacob Verona thing that you're referring to, there was a lot of confusion yesterday morning because Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic reported that Verona was placed on waivers. But then a lot of things happened. I, I think that it's good for everybody to understand. It's a very fluid situation. So Jeremy spoke he to... to hydrate. Yes, yes. Fluid, there you go. you got to rehydrate. Yes, a very fluid situation. But uh, Jeremy Rutherford tweeted out last night that he talked to Verona's agent and Verona he said this in his tweet Verona was informed this morning that he was being placed on waivers and I guess that changed I guess they changed their minds they must have got phone calls between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. I'm sure that they just got into some trade discussions now Braden Shen didn't and shouldn't name names, but Chris Kerber is the radio voice of the blues here on 101 ESPN, joins us every morning as he did yesterday. There were just times where the play wasn't there, and these two teams that are not very good took it to the blues really well. You know, look at scenarios like you had Sammy Blay as a healthy scratch. You had Alexandrov as a healthy scratch. They went down to the minor leagues to call up Hugh McGain to take the place of healthy hockey players that have been in the NHL all year, right? Kasperi Kapanen was on a fourth line in a checking role. You know, Verona was out of the lineup, got back into the lineup. And we're talking like three guys, for example. And I'm not saying that Shen was calling these three guys out, but I'm, I'm using this as an example. Look at how those three guys played in the final 20 games of the regular season last year compared to what you're seeing now. And the way they have been utilized, as Curb said. They were given top six opportunities. Well, not... Uh, 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 McCain. Uh, no, the uh, the the Alexander. Yeah. Uh, I I have trouble remembering Russian names, <laughs> but uh, it, it is notable that Kapanen was given a great opportunity. Verona was given a great opportunity. Blay was given a great opportunity, and none of them have been able to sustain or maintain that opportunity. So, uh, I'm with Curbs. You. you you just look at what has happened, and it seems pretty clear about who is. And these aren't the only ones, by the way. I do think that to an extent, and I, I always give credit to when he plays well uh, and he plays hard to Jordan Cairo. But I think Jordan Cairo has to be included in this mix, too, because we don't see consistent 200 foot effort from him game in and game out. And it, you can, he's one of those guys where he doesn't need to exhibit that. But if he's going to be that player where you don't get the consistent 200-foot effort, if he's not going to be Jake Neighbors for you, then he has to be scoring 40 goals. I can almost guarantee you that this was not solely about um, Alexandrov or uh, Brana or Blay. Or, this is more so – it's easy. It's easier – as a coach, as management, to to put the onus on the guys that aren't getting paid as much. It's harder when one of your guys that are, are getting paid a lot of money aren't performing to the level that you need them to. It's harder to correct that. And it's it, it's I told you time and time again, Bruce Arians would would fuss and cuss at my guy Nate Washington in the receiver room because he wasn't going to fuss and cuss at Heinz Ward or Santonio Holmes. And it just it just kind of flowed downhill. Nate knew it. It was like, I didn't do nothing wrong, but that's I'm the one that's here right now. He's he's talking to me to tell them, in, in, in so to speak. So 
this is a, a team where if you are a player that is getting paid X number of dollars, mm-hmm. meaning you're one of the top paid players on, on a team, you have to play as that. You have to be coachable. You have to be willing to give more effort and, and, and exert effort every single night. And if you're not going to do that, and I'm not saying that that's not what they're doing, but if it feels that way, it flows downhill. And if you're not playing to the top of your ability, then the guys under you aren't going to play to their top to the top of their ability either. Okay, I want to ask you two about two players. Number one, do you feel like you see Brandon Saad all the time? No. 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 This has been a very inconsistent season yeah. for him. Yeah. And we like the guy, but what's Tory Krug doing? Yeah. That's another thing where it, it's very true because, well, not just Tory Krug, but I feel like you've seen inconsistency even from Nick Letty, Tory mm-hmm. Krug Definitely. and Nick Letty, and sometimes Justin Falk. I think that defensively, there's a lot of issues there. And so that's why this is not just a young player conversation. There, there's many guys who have veteran experience that are involved in this conversation, and it's not coming together. I think we could all feel that, but now having that confirmation from Braden Shin of he, even he's getting frustrated with what's happening in that locker room, and then you add Ron into this conversation, all that stuff that has been going on. I it's very interesting because Baruby Luke Horak has this quote from Baruby on Verona yesterday. He said, "You can't look at that from last year to this year. It's two different years coming in. When he came in last year, there's nothing to lose. You have to just go play. He scored some goals and did some good things. This year, it's been a struggle, and that's what we've seen from Verona this season. Because just because you had a good year last year doesn't mean that that just gives you a pass going into the season. And you should be playing for that bigger contract. He looked." last year after the Blues got him, like the fastest guy on the ice. Yes. I've never thought this year in watching him that I that he was the fastest guy on the ice. No. I, no. You can see the difference. I, I don't, again, for me, the fact that they don't play for one another is troubling. Yes. Like, I, I, I've never, like coaches fuss, cuss, yell. I didn't care about any of that. I cared more about what my teammate thought about me, making sure that I was holding myself to a certain standard to not let him down, to not put him in an unfortunate situation or position. I wanted to make sure that I work. And and every teammate, usually, when you're a good team, feels that way about their brother. We're going to work out. You spend so much time with these people, especially in, in baseball and in hockey and basketball. You're on the road so many days out of the year. There is no way you cannot like or love or care about one another. And if I care about you personally, then I care about you professionally and I'm going to give you everything I have every single time and if you're not willing to do that then you gotta get the hell away from me because you might get punched in the face (laughs) that that's the only way around it so for whatever is going on in that locker room again Shin said we we, we're we're good we're get along we're good we're good friends but if you're not able to show me that on the ice, on the field, on the court, then maybe we're not as good as I think we are because that's what is going to allow us to continue our careers, win championships, and get paid. Yeah, it's it's. there's definitely seems like there's a chemistry issue when it comes to these guys all coming together. It's not a forward issue. It's not just a defensive issue. This is a team issue at this point. And the question is, is we can talk about this all day, but where do you where yeah. do you go from here? Right. That was that was my next next thought process is where do you go from here? I don't know if there's a clear answer. Well, remember the genesis of the song Gloria, how a bunch of players went out to Jack's bar in Philly oh, and, they, yeah. and they were all together. Right. Mm hmm. And 
this doesn't feel like a group that is together. No, no. that 2019 team was so special. Just seeing that locker room come together in the way after the Mike Yo firing, and I'm not saying that this is what should happen, but I'm saying after that Mike Yo firing, the way that Craig Bruby just came in there and commanded that locker room, brought guys together, and I mean that was a group of guys with, with a lot of egos. But ma- Craig Bruby made sure made sure that the egos were set aside mm-hmm. and they came together as a group. I even remember. Patrick Maroon, he was such a great glue guy. And I don't even think that people were thinking he was going to be a big factor. But as we know, he turned into another hometown hero. But even Mm -hmm. the way that he was able to bring so many of those guys together, veterans and young guys, that was just really special to see how close that group was. They truly were really close. All right. If you're driving along and I I know you're distracted because lights and people pulling in front of you happen. But I just want you to be able to, to soak in, because this is a big comment from Braden Shen the other night. I just want you to listen to this carefully one more time, just so that you can hear what Braden Shen is saying about his, he's the captain, St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could have the answer, but it's it's just coming ready to play and, and uh, you know, taking pride in, in doing the work and putting in the work uh, each and every night. And, and uh, like I said, you, you just can't, you know, it's not everyone, but you just can't choose when you when you want to show up. At the end of the day, uh, yeah, leadership can step up, but we're not responsible for for guys in their gear. They have to they have to go out and play and play hard. So yeah, we have to get guys on the on the same page, and um, we, we feel like our locker room's fine. It just it's just um, you know, like I said, we, we're picking and choosing when we want to play. Alarm bells. That's that should be alarm bells for everybody in that organization. Yep. And. Uh, hopefully they can pick it up tonight against the Red Wings. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, get your text into the Air Comfort Service sex line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Take it or leave it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Leave it. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. It's time for Tioli here on 101 ESPN 314-399-9646. That would be 314-399-YO-HO. All right, uh, kids, Patrick Mahomes went crazy on the refs the other day and then went crazy in his press conference and now says he regrets it and said it was a penalty. Take it or leave it. If you're a Chiefs fan, you don't want to hear that. No, take it. Oh, take it. You don't want to hear the truth. No. Say it with your chest. receiver lining up offsides (laughs) all game in the neutral zone. Now, here's the only problem that I have with the call. Mm -hmm. If Kadarius Toney lined up in the neutral zone every single snap and was never told to back up, Mm -hmm. because that is the official's job. You tell them, hey, you're lined up offsides in the neutral zone. You need to back up. If you do it again, I'm going to throw the flag every single time. And so if you do it the entire game and are never told that you need to back up, that is problematic for me. Because it is the official job. Every time a receiver goes to line up, if he's on the ball or off the ball, he looks to the to the to the sideline, mm-hmm. to the referee, to check. Do I need to scoot up? Do I need to back up? Are you on or off? He put his hand behind his back. He's telling him I'm off. Okay, back up. I'm on. I'm on. Scoot up. So 
that's something that there's a communication that happens between the officials and the players. And it's on the player, right? It's on the to player, look. but it's also on the referee to acknowledge, mm-hmm. hey, I'm good or I'm not. And Tony never looked over there. He did look over there. He briefly looked over mm-hmm. and turned his head back. So he didn't get a he didn't get an answer one way or another. He probably just assumed this is where I've been lining up and, all game and no one has said anything. And the official said he couldn't even see the ball from his vantage point on the line of scrimmage. It's a tough time to call that. But it is. if you haven't said anything to him all game, you know, if you at some point if he was inching up there, hey, you're getting a little too close. I need you to step back just a little bit. That's communication that you have. Uh, with players, and it makes life easier for everybody. I feel like, and I mean, you work on that even in high school and middle school, yeah, though. Yeah, you know if right? you're on the ball or off the ball. Yeah. 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 So, it, it's unfortunate. It happened at a bad time, but it was a penalty, and it got called. Patrick is a fan, know. though. I love I love the passion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed. Um, so, I am watching the the the, uh, the Lakers, right? They won the end-season tournament. Mm-hmm. They celebrated. I guess they popped champagne. It's <laughs> Glorious time. They may be putting a banner up in Staples. Uh, what is it? Crypto Center mm-hmm. now. Take it or leave it. That's akin to putting an NIT trophy uh, banner up. Oh. I'll take it. I'm yeah. going to take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, as soon as I saw the like video. The not tournament, yeah. tournament win. I, when, as soon as I saw LeBron popping bottles, I knew. Come on, I knew that you were somewhere Come just on, scoffing at that. <laughs> Come, on. <laughs> Come on. Like, seriously. I had I, I, I guess it's cool to win something. I I, I guess, okay, maybe you do celebrate winning $500,000. Now, there is something to celebrate, but I don't think I would, uh, say, put a trophy up. I mean, a banner. (laughs) No, I don't don't think I would either. No. It's it's not real. No. Take it or leave it, guys. uh, Tommy DeVito needs to start his own Italian restaurant. Oh, totally take it, yeah. I'm full in on this experience. The Mm -hmm. tailgates that his family has, have you seen that? Yeah. His agent, we talked about that earlier. What would you call it? Restaurant business is a a tough deal to... But you got to capitalize now. The amount of failure that comes with restaurants is is glaring and scary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You're a young player. Money not guaranteed for forever. Yeah. What would you call it? DeVito's. I like DeVito's. DeVito's is it, good, It yeah. just makes sense, right? Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. You got to get a commercial with Danny. Yeah. Oh, Danny DeVito, right, yeah. <laughs> That'd that's be good. So good. Tommy and Danny. Like, yeah. you got to see, th- this is, I need, somebody needs to hire me. Yeah. I need to, somebody <laughs> needs to hire me because I can give you some, somebody, some commercial. A consultant. A, a, a consult, something mm-hmm. where a phone or a, a I mean, a the NBA had Michael internet. Imperioli <laughs> as, like, the star of their in-season tournament commercials. You get, my, my, you get Michael Imperioli, you get DeVito, you, got, you, 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 you get got, a lot of things going here. Yeah. yeah. Listen. All right. Uh, what do we got on the text line there? Uh, take it or leave it. Randy Carriker's got some good old American cardio planned for later today. Oh, take it. Yeah. Do you? What do you got going yeah, on? I'm going to do some cardio. Some golfing? Well, what are you yeah. doing? I'll probably go to the well, well, I mean, he'll be swinging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. It's a punch red fan in the face, too. Yeah. Oh. You can get your boxing gloves out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Some good old fashioned American cardio for Randy Carriker today. Go. Take it all day long. Yeah. Take it or leave it. The Steelers will be better off with Mason Rudolph. Tell leave that. <laughs> Mason got a helmet swung at him. I, I, oh, that's not I will leave that. Yeah, I'll leave every it every day. Of the I haven't I seen him. I don't. What about the I other guy uh, that they had a couple years ago? Duck, 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 yeah, Duck Hodges. Yeah, leave it. The other guy. The other guy. You know that do that right De- away. Devlin Hodges. Yeah, I, I knew exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. Trade Cairo. Turn the season around. 
Oh, who, who, what are you going to trade so, him to? Okay, that, that's, that's the thing. You're, <laughs> you're a general manager of one of the other, what, 29 teams or whatever. I love and that. you go to your owner and say, yeah, I'm thinking about trading for Jordan Cairo. The owner says, you're fired. For what? Yeah. I mean, he says, you're what? fired. Yeah. yeah, I mean, $8 million a year for the next seven years after this year? Are you kidding me? It's pretty expensive. I just, the, the notion that... <laughs> I love that notion. I, I wish the world worked in that way. You can yeah. do whatever you want to do, and it goes in your favor. Now, yeah. the other team has to want him as, in return mm-hmm. and, and has to want to give you something. And so, yeah, no, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to leave that. Take it or leave it. Tyler O'Neill's introductory press conference in Boston will be postponed after he tweaks a hamstring boarding the plane. He'll be listed, he'll be listed day to day. I'll take it. No. no, you have to leave that. Good luck. No. Oh, leave that. It's yeah. obviously going to be a back injury. Oh, oh. how did that happen? About a week back. Okay. No. <laughs> no, this could not be a problem moving forward uh, whatsoever. It's not our problem what's, moving yeah. forward. Well, okay, what's his first injury with the Bow Sox? Is it a hammy? Oh, Oblique. it's going to be a hammy. Oblique. No. Can't do it. He, he can't you want do something. Oblique, Wasn't there like. There was, a, there was a strange one that he had at one point. You Again, remember that one? Think about one he's going to hurt think. not <laughs> playing baseball. Think about when he's going to hurt doing a hang clean. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a that's a back or an oblique. Like Yeah. He, he, yeah. Man, he's going to swing out of his shoes the first week of the season and have a core injury. He's going to run a Mark. You know, he's going to run a Mark Wahlberg day three, and they're going to get into it. They're going to get into an iron pumping contest, and he's, oh. he's going to strain it. Yeah. Scott Boris, I think, has a gym for all of his players to yes. stay healthy. How you doing? Peck injury. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, pack injury is yeah. a good call. Yeah. He does have. Sorry. He has impressive pecs. I'll give him that. And he, he's got great power. He, you know, if he could be healthy, he could be a really interesting player for somebody. At some point. Yep. Take it or leave it. If the Blues lose to bad teams three or four, three to five more times, you have to start questioning the coach. Oh, here we go. Ooh. Here we go. I told you. Um, bad players get good coaches fired, man. <laughs> I want y'all mm-hmm. to understand that. Yeah, they like, do. Mm-hmm. Bad players get good coaches fired. That's been the, the a time-honored tradition. <laughs> time-honored tradition. <laughs> it's how life go. It's how <laughs> hockey go. It's how baseball go. It's how football go. It's how basketball go. Bad players get good coaches yeah, fired. Do. Yep. All the time. All right, uh, Brooke. Here's the the timeline. Left hamstring for Tyler O'Neill. Left hamstring strain, wrist, undisclosed. I don't remember that one in 2020. Might have been COVID. It probably was. Uh, Right groin, finger, finger, allergies? Wait, when was the allergies? Uh, 7 7 of 21. Oh, no. I thought thought he had something this year with allergies. Uh, Back, shoulder, hamstring, leg, neck, hamstring, back, knee, 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 foot. When did he hurt his foot? Uh, 9-17-23. That was the one that ended his season. Did he foul the ball off? Or did he just hurt his foot coming yeah, out of just, the box? Like I think Dylan he just hurt Crawford. his foot probably walking to home plate. Okay. Credit to 618 who, who said, uh, before we got into that, it's going to be a sore knee. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Matthew. And hey, thank you very much for your text. We do appreciate them. Coming up, Keith Law says the Cardinals still have too many outfielders. But do they really? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Well, the Cardinals.
Cardinals are traversing this offseason, and they've taken care of much of what they needed to take care of in terms of getting their three starting pitchers. I think most of us, I think, would uh, prefer that the Cardinals go out and get one more starting pitcher that is a a top-shelf guy, but they have what they have. Keith Law put together an interesting piece, though, at The Athletic, and wonders, and I kind of think the, the Cardinal outfield situation is better than what Keith Law suggests it is. But he thinks that the Cardinals, while they have a lot of outfielders, he doesn't think that they're that great. And I, I wonder if uh, if this is a prevailing thought within baseball. Law says the Cardinals have too many outfielders as it is. This is on the heels of the trade of Tyler O'Neill to the Red Sox. He says they're committed to former top 10 overall prospect Jordan Walker and to Lars Newtbar with Dylan Carlson, Richie Palacios, Tommy Edmond, Alec Burleson, and Brendan Donovan also in the mix. I don't think the Cardinals are looking at Brendan Donovan right now as an outfielder. No, and that's why I'm very confused with the story because then you're not keeping up with what the Cardinals are saying are happening. First of all, Brendan Donovan, unless barring a bunch of injuries like we saw this past season, he's not going to be in the outfield. Also, he says in the story, while Tommy Edmond is likely to play in the infield, what did the Cardinals say like a few weeks ago? They, they've said it multiple times that Tommy Edmond is their center fielder, and that's so, something that Keith Law should know. And that's and that's why I'm just kind of confused about the story in general. Is this the same Keith Law, too, that says that Yadier Molina is not going to be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, maybe. Is this the same guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, just I'm, I'm a little confused about the story and how you're saying that Tommy Edmond will likely play in the infield. So you haven't paid attention to the Cardinals saying that he's going to be their center fielder next season. And they've said, uh, John Mozeliak said at the winter meetings, it was clear to everybody, yes. even including in the athletic where Keith Law works. He, he said the outfield is going to be Newt Barr, Edmond, and... Uh, Jordan Walker, Mm -hmm. and that Dylan Carlson would be the fourth outfielder, and that they were going to trade Tyler O'Neill. And Burleson is probably going to be your backup first baseman. I don't really see him as a regular outfielder. Uh, And I would think Richie Palacios is more likely to be your fifth outfielder than Burleson is. I think what he's saying is, uh, for me, I I, I can kind of understand that you're still waiting on Lars and Jordan Walker to have that exceptional type of season. So trading away Tyler O'Neill, who, when healthy, probably was your best outfielder, but that's the problem. Mm -hmm. When healthy, and when is he healthy for for a complete season? That's the issue. For me, if I am the Cardinals, I think the best thing that could happen is Dylan Carlson be who he is expected, who he has been expected to be, be a, a... top 10 type of player he was a rookie of the year candidate top three and and if you are able to play at that level and be a center fielder which he's really good at then you can move Tommy Edmond to second base and I think that makes your team that much better because your outfield is better your infield is better and now you got guys but it's on Dylan Carlson him being the fourth outfielder I'm sure he'll get some opportunities at center field what he does with them is on him and if what you're hap- saying happens and comes into play, then all of a sudden Brendan Donovan, who won the utility player he gold glove, yes. becomes yes. your extra player. He, he's like your sixth man in basketball. You, you can go. use him any way you want. And it, it it changes the composition of your roster. If, if Carlson is great and does steal the center field job, it changes the way that you can build the roster and you can have more versatility. 
Well, and also it depends on Mason Wynn and what he's able mm-hmm. to progress offensively. That seems to be a big part of this conversation as well because he's also going to be your shortstop, at least for the time being, while they give him chances. So that's another point of Tommy Edmond being your center fielder. If that goes sideways with Mason Wynn and it's costing you games or it's costing you something or you feel like you're not getting the right production or progression for him, then you have Tommy Edmond to be your shortstop again. And then so, you'd move Donovan into second and mm-hmm. hopefully have a representative defense. I don't have a problem with Mason Wynn being the one guy in your lineup that struggles hitting if he plays sound defense in the manner in which we think and know and expect him to. I don't have an issue if you have eight guys that can hit the hell out of the ball and one guy who, you know, may or may not, he's still growing in the game because I think the defense up the middle is that important, which is why I love Tommy Edman at second base and Mason Wynn at shortstop. But it, it all depends on Dylan Carlson if he's capable of staying healthy and playing at the level that we think he's capable of playing at. He just hasn't shown it consistently enough in his career. And we all love Tommy Edmond. And Tommy Edmond is a superb baseball player. But he is pretty much a liability offensively. Yes. He's just not a great offensive player either. And so, so then can that be your center, field, center fielder? Can you have a lineup with two guys potentially not hitting and, and two me, guys up the middle? Except for the month here. Mason Wynn has shown no inclination to not be great offensively. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be okay, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just going to so, take time. Yeah, because I mean, coming up in September, he finished with what a one seventy-two, right? Yeah, yeah, average. But I don't think that that's going to be indicative of what he's going to be able to accomplish offensively. Right. And I think there's high defensive upside for him. We did have somebody text in from the six one eight. Who is your first baseman after this year? And it seems like we got a little bit more of an answer from that last night because there's reports that the Cardinals are going to approach Paul Goldschmidt even this off season about a possible extension. He's a, a free agent after 2024. And if if I were the Cardinals, I would hope that I could get him in a similar situation to what I had Adam Wainwright for the last three or four years of his career, where you just go year to year. And I don't know if Goldie would be amenable to that, but hopefully you can keep him around until he is ready to call it quits. Because without the performance, and I, I don't think Goldie ever, even when you could take... Uh, performance enhancers i don't think he ever would have but what happens is when you get to be 36 37 the cliff comes up in a hurry yes it, it, it falls it's like oh it's right there oh, yeah shoot. i didn't know <laughs> right. i thought, I, thought yeah. I had more time to keep walking now yeah. hey, you, you take another step you're gonna fall off so hopefully he's able to maintain what he did last year it's gonna be hard to do what he did two years ago or, or 2022 winning an mvp but if he can give you what he gave you last year that is that is winning ball club Offense yes. that he gave the Cardinals. Quick yes. question. This is a text from the 314. Are Edmund and Donovan essentially the same player, and do the Cardinals need both of them? If you had to choose one or the other, who are you taking and Ooh. why? I'm going to have to take Brendan Don. I, I do like Tommy Edmund a lot, and he is such a versatile player, but so is Brendan Donovan. But Donovan has such a high upside. Did you notice the numbers offensively, how the team dropped without Brendan Donovan? And mm-hmm. lineup, yep. Yes. And Donovan has done something that Edmund has never done. In 2022, he had a 394 on base. Mm-hmm. He he was, for what the sport is now, he was a great leadoff hitter, and he he just he he's an offensive performer that Tommy Edmond just is not. Career OPS for Brendan Donovan, and I know it's a small sample size, but he's got a career OPS of 779, uh, 773 with the 394 in his rookie year, and then last year 
uh, his on base was only 365 with a 422 slug for a 787. Uh, Tommy Edmond, I don't think has been. Let me just double check here. I don't think he's had uh, an OPS over 700. And they're both great defensively. Edmond, Edmond is spectacular defensively. He is. Yes. Uh, but his baseball IQ yeah. is yeah. is amazing. And, and I want both of them on my team. But if I'm going to have one of them. Uh, I, I think I would go with Donovan. Yeah, uh, OPSs for Edmund is his rookie year. He only played 92 games. It was uh, an 850, then a 685, 695, 725, 705. That is on bases for his career, three, uh, his full seasons, 317, 308, 324, 307. And that's just not enough for a leadoff hitter. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk to... The TV voice of the Blues, John Kelly. By the way, the Blues are on ESPN tonight. And J.K., the lead play-by-play man for the Blues on Valley Sports, joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. You're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. tonight. It's an ESPN national game and it'll also be heard here on 101 ESPN pregame at 5.30 as the Red Wings come to town. They do so without David Perron who's been suspended for six games by the National Hockey League. We head to the celebrity line right now and our friend, the TV voice of the Blues on Valley Sports, John Kelly joins us. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Randy? Everything's good. And I, while I hate the idea that uh, David Perron got suspended for six games, I love the old school leadership and protection that he displayed in in that cross check. Yeah, um, if, if folks aren't aware, uh, Dylan Larkin, one of their top players, their captain, got knocked down and was was literally laying face down on the ice, unconscious, and uh, Perron cross check Artem Zub right in the face and. You know, I, I think he should have been suspended, but I think six games is, is really excessive. Um, you know, I've been seeing on the Internet different highlights of different situations. And, um, you know, Austin Matthews did the same type of thing, got a couple of games. And um, I just don't know for a guy that's never been suspended um, for a heat-of-the-moment kind of reaction. Um, and the player didn't get hurt, Randy. As a matter of fact, Zoop didn't miss a shift. He got six, six games, and he also loses close to $150,000 in salary. It, it was excessive to me. Um, but obviously, um, the league felt otherwise, and he's out for six games unless he appeals. J.K., we were talking about earlier about Braden Shin's comments after the loss the other day about them being possibly concerning. He had a lot of quotes, but this one in particular where he says, it's not everyone, but you can't just choose when you want to show up. Where do the Blues go from here from that? Because when you hear that from your captain, those frustrations, it kind of shows maybe the feeling in that locker room right now. Well, Brooke, I'm happy he said it because he's right. And, you know, the Blues can't pick and choose when they want to play hard. I mean, you know, it's easy to play hard against the top teams, right? Um, but the Blues now have lost to San Jose, Columbus, and Chicago. And you're not going to win every game, and I, I get that. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't play hard and be ready to, 
to play. As a matter of fact, in those three games, uh, the San Jose, Columbus, Chicago games, the Blues have been outscored combined five to one in the first periods. Um, so you're, you're behind the eight ball, and I don't care what team it is. If you fall behind by two or three goals, it's really, really hard to win. So um, I, I guess what he's saying is they're not, you know, coming prepared to play. And, and Coach Berube echoed the, echoed the same comments after the game. Um, so I think it's good that when you're you're one of your top players and your captain comes out and says that publicly, it it probably is a, a wake up call for the team. Hopefully it is, and we'll find out tonight. J.K., when you're looking at this team, and obviously there's every night you, you you're kind of trying to figure out which team is going to show up. Is it a fair question to ask the highest paid players to be at that level, be the best players on the team, but also play with that effort and energy every single night? Because if the best players or the highest paid players aren't doing it, then why would the lowest paid players do it? Yeah, well, he, that's not what he's saying. He didn't say that the highest paid. No, players no, no. Aren't. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm saying it's anyone, but I'm just saying as a team, when the best players on a team are performing at a level, then that trickles down for the entire team to kind of follow suit. Well, 100 percent, Kerry. I mean, let's face it. Any team, and let's just talk about the Blues. If the Blues don't get top play from our best players and and hard playing, consistent play, then you're not going to win. <laughs> There's just no way that you can expect you know, the third and fourth liners, the third D pair to carry your team. Um, they're top players for a reason. They're paid the money. They're paid for a reason. And it's true on any team. Your, your leaders have got to lead. And I think the Blues have had good play from their, from their top players for the most part. Um, I just think that, you know, we're talking here about inconsistent play. And as you said, um, you know, the Blues, um, until this three-game losing streak, they had alternated wins and losses for eight games in a row. They did that the first seven games of the season, win-loss, win-loss, et cetera. So I don't know. I've never seen a team this inconsistent. I really haven't. And, and why it is, I don't know. <laughs> it's, really, it's really puzzling. Um, but, again, as you said, if, if your top players aren't playing their best, then it's really hard to win. John Kelly with us on 101 ESPN. And, J.K., you were doing avalanche games with the great rivalry between Colorado and Detroit. Obviously, the Blackhawks and Red Wings had their rivalry. The Blues had their uh, rivalry with the Red Wings. We thought it was a rivalry. I don't think they did in Detroit as much. And I understand what the league had to do in moving Detroit to the Eastern Conference. But it is a bummer that those three sensational rivalries that Detroit had in the West have dissipated because we only see that team a couple of times a year. Yeah, it, it was. And, and I think the Blues rivalry with Detroit was really good. I mean, they didn't have the brawls like Colorado and Detroit did. Um, but, you know, back in the 90s, you, you look at the teams in the West, uh, obviously it's Colorado and Detroit, but also St. Louis and Dallas had, had great teams. Dallas won the Cup in 99. And, and St. Louis had a team that, that could have won the Cup. So it, it, was, it was really hard to come out of the Western Conference back in the 90s when you had those four teams. But keep in mind, Randy, the, the, the Red Wings did lobby to go to the Eastern Conference because uh, so many of their games were played at night. When, you know, when they play on the East Coast, their games start at 10 or 10.30. So um, you know, for their audience and their fans, it was really tough, and they lobbied to go to the Eastern Conference, and that's why they, they were there right now. I miss Punch a Red Wing fan in the face today, though. It was just, it was, it was a good well, it was always a great promotion. You're right. I, I miss it as well. <laughs> JK, do you expect any more call-ups coming up soon for the Blues? Um, I, you know, it depends on what happens to Verona. I mean, obviously it looks like he's on his way out. Um, his agent admitted yesterday that the Blues were going to put him on waivers. 
and then something happened. Obviously, you know, apparently, I don't, I don't know, but it, you would assume that some some teams called Doug Armstrong about that, and, and maybe they're trying to work out a deal. But um, I, I don't know. I have, I've not been, you know, around obviously in, in the last couple of days. So, you know, I would think they'll go with. 23, but let's see what, what happens with Bronny here today or tomorrow. J.K., we listened to Curbs talk about the healthy scratches from the game the other day. Uh, is there any way or any reason to believe that those guys that were healthy scratches will, you know, hopefully get back on the ice and show and prove that they deserve more time on the ice? Well, I hope so, Kerry. That's, that's the point of the healthy scratch, right? As you know, um, coaches can't do a whole lot in terms of, of punishing a player, um, if you want to call it a punishment. Um, you know, take away ice time or, or bench players, that's really about it. Uh, you know, you can't find players. You can't send them down, things like that. Um, you know, players like Verona and, and now even Sandy Blay here um, and Alexandrov, who didn't play the other night, um, they've just got to realize that you've got to play harder and play better. And, and the Blues need those players. And they, they need an energy line like Blay is has been performing on. And, you know, Blay's had some good games and done some good things, but he hasn't scored nearly to the pace he did when he got reacquired last year from the Rangers. So, yeah, it, it, it should be a wake-up call. Um, but for a player like Verona, it didn't appear to be because he was out of the lineup and came back on the weekend and, and didn't perform. And his plus-minus wasn't good. So um, I guess that's one of the reasons why he was – um, allegedly going to be put on waivers. So, yeah, that, that's exactly why you do that is to, to get a, a reaction and hopefully a positive reaction from the players. J.K., there, this may be a hard question to answer, but there's a level of professionalism that comes with being a pro athlete and doing your job. Your, your captain has to call you out and, and say those things. Who on this team can get the guys to rally around one another? I was telling these guys, when you're a professional athlete, you're with your teammates more than you are with your own family, especially baseball and hockey and basketball. How do you get? Who is the person that can get these guys to rally around and, and become a unit that plays hard every single night and wants to do it for their brothers? Well, you know, Kerry, I'm not in the locker room, obviously, but, I mean, Chen is, is a guy that lays it on the line every night, and he is the captain. Um, I, I would think he would he would be one of the top guys and, and also some of the other leaders on the team, um, you know, like a Justin Falk who's been around a long time and, and, and lays it on the light line every single night. Um, and the coaches, I mean, the Blues – you know, they have great coaches and work with these players and, and communicate with them. But ultimately, it really depends on the player. So um, you can have pressure from the players and the coaches and things like that and, and the media and the fans. But it ultimately, it's up to the players. And, you know, to me, when you look at a player like Verona, who, who you know, a 25-goal scorer in Washington, had 10 goals last year in 20 games of the Blues, um, if he doesn't want to work hard and win puck battles, then it's really on him, right? I'm not picking on him, but he's the guy that obviously is front and center the last 24 hours. So it's really, at the end of the day, even though you get pressure from the from your peers and your coaches, ultimately it's up to yourself to pick up your, your, your boots and, and get to work and play hard. John Kelly, we'll miss you tonight as ESPN has the Blues and the Red Wings, but we will hear you back at it on Thursday with the Ottawa Senators in town. Thanks, as always, for your time this morning. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks for having me. Take care. That is your TV voice of the Blues, John Kelly, here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Matthew, do you need a fighter?
Uh, yeah, uh, you won yeah. yesterday, so yeah, you need to yeah, fight okay, we fighter. need a fighter. So all you need to do is text <laughs> the in with... The way the, you just yeah. said that. You're like, oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we do need a fighter. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Uh, text in with your name and the word fight to 314-399-9646, yo and maybe Matthew will pick you to fight me next here in the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is John. John, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing Good. well. Are you ready to take on Randy Character? Let's do it. All right, here we go. After Brett Hall left the Stars, he won another cup in his first season with the Red Wings. Which Eastern Conference team did they beat in the final? Is it the New Jersey Devils, the Buffalo Sabres, or the Carolina Hurricanes? Hmm. I think that was. I think that was Buffalo. Let's go with Buffalo. According to Pro Football References positional stats, positional stats, which longtime Minnesota Viking holds the record for the most sacks as a defensive tackle? Was it John Randall, Kevin Williams, or Alan Page? Ooh. What was the first one? I'm sorry. John Randall. Kevin Williams or Alan Page? Go with John Randall. Who won the NBA's inaugural MVP award following the 1956 season? Is it Bill Russell, George Mikan, or Bob Pettit? George Mikan. Which Blues captain had the sea the sea the longest nine years? Was it Brian Sutter, Barkley Plager, or David Backus? I'll go, I'll go Brian. All right, we'll double check our score. We will bring in Randy Carricker. John, how you feel? Uh, not great. Okay, yes. all right. I mean, you 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 were kind of um, hmm, he yeah, I understand. It happens. It's a little difficult at times. It's were, the pressure. It, it is pressure. Were there any uh, sports you were hoping for? You didn't get any baseball there. Here. I can't say that. He's like he, he. You act like he's not going to hear the questions in thirty seconds. That there is not one particular. Come on, man. Randy, hello. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you. Matthew Rocchio is. Uh, he he. You know, this fight is one of the worst times of the day for him. <laughs> it's one of the it, worst it's times. Literally, like he he can do all of the board operations, commercials, and send it off and do all. Video but engineering. The, the fight I, is the one thing that sends him into a tizzy every single day. He loses. <laughs> Harry's right. At the end of the fight, I have a great example of how my my brain works during the fight. That's that's really messed up. He just okay. exhales when the fight is over. Yes. Whew, that's a good thing. This that's 15 true. minute segment, Randy, is that's the true. worst part of his day. Is it really? It's the worst part <laughs> of his entire. Day. Yes, it is. 
Yeah, okay, this and writing the fight questions. That's oh, well, it. that's a, that's. I, I, I get that, yeah. 1A and 1B, it. there you go. All right, Randy, right, here we go. All right. After Brett Hall left the Stars, he won another cup in his first season with the Redskin, Redskins, Redskins, <laughs> Red Wings. Which Eastern Conference team did they beat in that final? Um, I think. Let me, uh. Yeah, they were still in the West. They beat the East. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that it was, uh, for most people, the mildly forgettable, uh, maybe majorly forgettable, Carolina Hurricanes. I'm, I'm going to go with that. It, that was kind of a forgettable Stanley Cup because basically it was two Eastern Conference teams. Mm. I'm going to go with Carolina Hurricanes' final answer, Carrie. Thanks, sir. According to Pro Football References positional stats, which longtime Minnesota Viking holds the record for the most sacks as a defensive tackle? I am going to go with Hall of Famer John Randall, undrafted free agent. John Randall as the guy. That's my guess. All right. Who won the NBA's inaugural MVP award following the 1956 season? 56. Uh, CD, I'll, I'll do the lifeline here. I'm going to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to. Take a guess clearly. <laughs> not caught up on your 56 MVP awards? No, not okay. really. <laughs> Is it Bill Russell, George Mikan, or Bob Pettit? Okay. I don't think Russell was in his prime yet. George Mikan, Minneapolis Lakers. Bob Pettit, St. Louis Hawks. Because we are a St. Louis show... Maybe I should go with George Mikan anyway. He was pretty good. I, I will. I bet it was great. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, with George Mikan. George the Animal Mikan. Final question. Which Blues captain had the C the longest? Nine Brian years. Sutter. Brian Sutter would have. There we go. That was quick. Mm-hmm. Knew that one right off the top yeah. of your head. Brian Sutter. Much better than the... do, you, do you need the options a second time by chance on yeah, that one? No, no, I think I got oh. that one. No, Number I, eleven. I think he was pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good captain. All right, Randy Carricker, a little shaky there on that last one, so I'm a little worried here. <laughs> Does Randy Carricker take down average Joe today? Or are we all playing Gloria like the Blues really could use right now? Can we just play Gloria just for the Blues? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll play Gloria for the Blues. No, no, no. Got to earn that. Ring man. that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. I am sorry, John. Randy Carricker, that last question was what he needed. He beat you two to one in today's fight. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, it was getting close. I was starting to worry. Um, let's go to the, the questions and the answers. After Brett Hole left the Stars, he won another cup in his first season with the Red Wings. They defeated the Carolina Hurricanes, who were led that season in the regular season by a 77-point effort by 38-year-old Ron Francis. Ron Francis, a Hall of Famer. team is a little forgettable at times. Yeah. Uh, fourth, uh, The fourth leading scorer on that team, Rod Brindamore, former St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Uh, according to Pro Football Reference Positional Stats, it is Alan Page with 148 and a half ah. over John Randall's 137 and a half for the most sacks by a defensive tackle. Who won the NBA's inaugural MVP no, can I, award? Can I stop here? Yes, sir. Uh, 
And obviously, Pro Football Reference. I, I, I thing, knew it was coming. Right? <laughs> I thought it but was. did Alan Page have a one sack? There, in the I NFL? knew it was coming. I knew it was coming because when did sacks become an official stat? 1982. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. That's why I said according to Pro Football's positional stats. So, <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I just I, I want to clarify for people that get this trivia question at a Christmas party. <laughs> get this at a Christmas party. The NFL does, uh, and sure, no. everybody can can scour Pro Football Reference, but uh, what this tells you is that you have two sets of statistics that you're dealing yes. with. By the way, according to Pro Football Reference, Which the, third, the third leading sack of all time is Deacon Jones. <laughs> That, that, but he doesn't have any But he never sacks. has an official sack in the NFL. There you go. Isn't that interesting? Um, <laughs> that's, why, that's why I added the conditional. Uh, who won the NBA's inaugural MVP award the- following 1956 season? It was the first of his two MVP awards. Bob Pettit oh, took home the NBA's first man, ever with the inaugural MVP guy. with, yep. of course, the St. Louis Hawks. And it was Brian Sutter. Nine years straight, the Blues captain. That, that jersey was the heaviest, the longest for Mr. Brian Sutter. And the reason why I uh, I laughed, um, and, and to prove Carrie's point, is um, right before the fight started, despite the fact that I know this for 100% in my head, I went, wait a second, Alan Page was a defensive tackle, right? Despite the fact, again, oh I've known that my, like for 20 years I've known that Alan Page is a defensive tackle, but yet in my head I went, wait a second, so did I get were, that the, part the, wrong? The ends of the Purple People Eaters were uh, Jim Marshall and Carl Eller. It's, it, and then you have Bob Blurtzema and Alan Page inside. For some reason, just in my head, like right before the fight started, I go, oh my God, wait, Alan Page is a defensive tackle, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I had this little bit of doubt, but to uh, carry his point, that's how my brain works during. That's how my brain works during the fight. Well, because he he was 220 pounds. Oh, uh, that's fair. Uh, uh, that isn't that amazing? Matters. Yeah, let, let's uh, just check it out here. Uh, let's see. Uh, again, going to uh, Pro Football Reference with their uh, incorrect stats. Uh, <laughs> so we we can't take this height and weight for uh, as gospel. <laughs> Anything's possible. It's gospel. Yeah. Well, they list him at two forty-five. So, but still, two hundred forty-five pound defensive tackle. Not, uh, not a big fella. No, it doesn't really. Uh, yeah, doesn't even get you the inside linebacker these nah. days. Yeah. And Randall was on a size too. Oh, by the way, uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining yeah. the show. John. John, 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 my bad. Appreciate thank it, John. John. Thank you. Uh, Tom, coming up <laughs> here on what you did. John. Yeah. <laughs> coming up here on one hundred and one ESPN. Uh, we've got NFL news and notes. A lot going on. That's next on one hundred and one ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I'm preparing. I'm preparing the show here. I thought Brooke was going to do a commercial. What happened? No, I, I thought you were getting ready to do a commercial. Oh, so, you thought I was doing a commercial. No, that was next break. That's oh, okay. my commercial. I thought you were. Uh, NFL News and Notes on 101 ESPN. I've never seen that so before. I, I'm, 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 entranced, I'm entranced by this possibility oh. that the Bears, if they win out, could wind up in the playoffs and with the number one no pick way. in the draft. What? No way. <laughs> That's not. I don't. I don't. I don't foresee that happening. The Excuse Bears are. Me. They are who they are. They are who we thought they were. Um, they had a pretty good win over the weekend, but you know, to a really good win over the uh, over the Lions. They do have a particularly easy. Well, yeah, Browns, Browns, Cardinals, Falcons, and Packers. Browns defensively are are tough, but you know, Joe Flacco played really well. It, 
that could, that's a game that they could possibly win. Mm-hmm. But and then the Arizona Cardinals, Falcons mm-hmm. at Packers. But I don't think that they'll win out. I think it. And if they did win out, it'd probably save Justin uh, Justin Fields and Eberflus's job. But I don't I don't see that happening. But if they do. They will also likely have the first pick because Carolina gave up their number one pick yeah. to trade for Bryce Young last year. That's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. So they could be the first team in 50 years since the 1973-74 Cowboys to make the playoffs and then have the number one overall pick in the draft. That would be uh, ideal. I think it would be better for them if they didn't make the playoffs and if they didn't continue to win and had a higher draft pick of their own because they are they got some holes to fill on that team. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are looking at quarterback. Maybe they go in a different direction of Justin Fields, figuring out the quarterback situation, figuring out the the head coaching situation, and figuring out who they are offensively. This has been – when you look at the Bears and and their history of quarterbacks, I think Jim McMahon is still – their all-time leading passer is Sid Luckman. One of those two guys. It's Sid Luckman. When's the last time he played? Uh, 1950s, how maybe? Long, how long have they been playing football since then? <laughs> uh, well, 70 years. Every year in Chicago, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, and they haven't yeah, had a passer yeah, yeah. to go past his 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 tenure or his uh, – uh, were they were they airing the ball out back then, Randy? They were not. Okay. Really, <laughs> there was one team that was. One team that was, and that was the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. But, that, uh, no, there were not – They were going to hand the ball off and play good defense yeah. back then, right? Yep. yep. Career passing leader. Let me just double-check and make sure – it is uh, actually Jay Cutler in terms of yards. Okay. Wow. So, and then Sid Luckman is second, and Jim Harbaugh is third. Jim Harbaugh is third. I thought yeah. it would be Jim wow. McMahon. Where is he at? Yeah, McMahon is fourth. Okay. And then number five, Mitchell Trubisky. Whoa. Yeah. He only played five years there? Four years? Uh, four years, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous for the Chicago 17, Bears. They, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. They got to figure out something under center. And I think that you start there. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, can be a good quarterback, but you got to get him in the right system around, surround him with the right pieces, and then you'll have some success. Yeah. By the way, they're, uh, let me just for funsies, let's let's do a funsy here. Okay. Uh, their all time leading receiver in terms of receptions oh, wow. for the Chicago Bears is one Walter Payton. Number of receptions? Yeah. Wow. Number of uh, catches? Number two is another running back, Matt Forte. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Number three is flanker Johnny Morris. Remember Johnny Morris? That's crazy. I understand why you don't. He has the yards record, doesn't he? Uh, uh, he played 58 through 67. In terms of yards, uh, I, he might be the uh, the yards guy. Uh, yeah, he has uh, the record for yards, 5,059. Walter is four. Number four in the, in yards, the yeah. all-time receiving yards yeah. list. A running back. Of, a, of, of the Bears franchise, a running back. Matt Mike Forte Ditka. is no, like number six or yeah. seven. Mike Ditka's five. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Harlan Hill, 54 to 60. So here's the, here's the Bears leading <laughs> receiving yards, guys. Johnny Morris, 58 to 67. Harlan Hill, 54 to 61. Alshon Jeffrey, 12 to 16. really good stretch. Then Walter Payton, a running back. Then Mike Ditka, 61 to 66. Curtis Conway, 93 to 99. Then Matt Forte is number seven. Marty Booker, 99 to 08. Just an illustrious group here. Uh, and then Willie Gall, surprisingly, only at number nine with 3,600 career. Okay, there we go on the Bears. Yeah, that's, they, need they, got, they need help. They need a receiver. Hey, they got one. They need somebody to scheme up something. They need another receiver and a. And maybe some uh, some, some offensive line. Help. There you go. Um, yes, that's what they need. Yes, they really do need that. <laughs> well, guys, there is a Christmas miracle happening. Aaron Rodgers is expected to be cleared by December twenty fourth. How is he going to play? Oh. How many snaps is he going to play? 
I don't think he should be playing. Mm. But what does this mean for the Jets, who, by the way, had a very, in my opinion, shocking win over the Texans? I couldn't believe that that happened, 30-6. to I, Carrie, I was saying this yesterday. That was a good for him game for Zach Wilson because we talked about all of the drama that was going in to that game this past weekend about if he even wanted to play. And then he yeah. went out there and played. And it was probably the best game of his career. Even Salah said that mm-hmm. afterwards, yeah. that it was the best game of his career. What is the point of Aaron Rodgers being medically cleared? Here's the point. He is, whether or not somebody else like Joe Douglas or Robert Sala has the title, Aaron Rodgers is the leader of that organization now. Mm -hmm. And he wants to show all those young players, here's how you go about winning. You have to put everything into it. You have to try hard. And you have to make sure that you're on the field for your team. And I think that's what he's trying to do, is to prove something to his young teammates that this is the what they need to do to win. He's a guy that's won a Super Bowl before, and he, he can show them how to do it. I think it's a, I mean, for him to, to be able to come back is a, is a great thing. I don't think it's a great thing for his body. I think he probably should wait, as you said, till next season. Uh, Zach Wilson played a, played an outstanding game. Zach Wilson needed that for himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, mm-hmm. you want to do things for the team, but when you're a young player and still trying to figure it out, not having much success, been benched, been the backup, been third string, you need that game for yourself, man. Like, just to feel better and prove to yourself that, you know, what I did at one point in my life in high school and college, I can also do at this level. Um, and so maybe they can go forward with that. And if Jack, Zach Wilson does play in that manner, maybe they don't need Aaron Rodgers to put himself out there in a, in a dangerous position to get hurt again. It's just, it concerns me because when you're saying medically cleared, I would assume by clearing him in that way that he's he's wanting to play, there's no way that people can allow that to happen. I, think, I, w- I don't think Aaron Rodgers yeah. should allow that to I, happen. I think he already said that it w- he will not play. I think okay, he's already, good. he can be medically cleared, but just be the third quarterback and not plan on doing anything. I, I think that he's smart enough to recognize that playing, especially if there's not the playoffs on the line, would not be the best thing. And I can tell you something about young players. If they don't care, they don't care. It doesn't matter if Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. hurried back to get healthy. It's not something that they are. Well, uh, then he can know who he, he wants on the team and who he doesn't want on the team. That's the other thing with the Jets. I wonder how much uh, leeway they're going to give him next season because the guys he brought in haven't been Randall Cobb, man, yeah. Alan Lazard, yeah. nah, Nathaniel Hackett, Like the guys he said he wanted to be a part of this haven't and and maybe the 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 key component is having him on the field. Maybe that the the Jets will realize, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, it's not about these guys. It's about you, pal. You perform. Everybody else performs. So. That, that, that makes sense. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs obviously took a tough loss, had a, a penalty called against them. They are sitting there 8-5. and five. They are third or fourth right now in the, uh, in the playoff standings and potentially going to have a road game for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, third seed right now. That will be intriguing to watch because he's only played at home other than the, than the Super Bowl throughout the playoffs in his mm-hmm. entire career. How will they be having to go on the road maybe to Baltimore or to Miami? How how will this team perform? And will they be able to get a receiver to catch a ball consistently? That's the big thing. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to play them. Uh, home or a road, I, I don't want to. And Baltimore is probably going to win the AFC. They get the first, they'll get they probably have the first round bye. That was a bad loss last night by Miami. And there's only one team now that has the bye, and if Baltimore has the bye and home field throughout, then I think that they're probably in really good shape. That being said, if I'm another team in the AFC, I don't care where it is. I don't want to see Mahomes and the Chiefs. 
Mm-hmm. Kansas City sitting there at eight and five and have the Patriots, the Raiders, the Bengals, yeah. and the Chargers left. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could potentially win out. They should probably mm-hmm. win out versus those teams. Um, but if you take a loss and and you know Jacksonville is able to creep up in there and, and get a win, that would be now you're sitting at a four seed. That that could put them in a really really tough have them in a tough road to uh, to make it to the Super Bowl. Well, if if they lose a game, they have to worry about Denver. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You have the Broncos, that, that right? There. Also, yeah. Denver is sitting at seven and six. They they are, you know, right on their heels. Which who the who in the world would have said that? <laughs> yeah, we didn't see that when they, when the Broncos got seventy points. Can we talk about how the AFC have just been a mess this it season? Has been. We built this up to be one of the best divisions. All these <laughs> quarterbacks. Look, you got Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. Every quarterback in the AFC is hurt, minus Lamar Jackson, the quarterback that they didn't want to pay a contract to because they thought he would be the one getting hurt. He's the only healthy one left. All the AFC North quarterbacks are hurt. You mm-hmm. got Joe Justin Herbert just goes down with a with an index finger. You got all. All of these guys, and we really talked about this AFC uh, side of the ball, uh, side of the conference as being the elite side, and yeah, it's no. just Patrick, Tua, and and um, Lamar. Yeah, mm-hmm. as the last men standing at this point. Yeah, and can we give a little credit, by the way, to uh, Sean Payton and Vance Joseph, because in Denver, where they allowed seventy week three to Miami since the bye. They've allowed 81 points in five games. Good for them. So they allowed 70 in one game and then 81 in their last five since the bye. So they've kind of figured things out defensively, although they've done it against, well, they beat Buffalo, Minnesota, uh, Cleveland, lost to Houston, but only allowed 22 points to them, and then the Chargers. So not bad. Not bad at all. There's NFL news and notes for you on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our Rush Hour Reset. Stick around. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. It's 9.07 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us. Monday Night Football, a doubleheader. One game on ESPN, one game on ABC, and a Manning cast for both games. Really interesting coverage by ESPN last night, and a dramatic victory. Teams in the NFL have been 767-0 and in the last uh, 767 games, in which a team led by 14 or more points in the last three minutes. But... The Dolphins give the Titans a little bit of help, and then Will Levis leads his team to a victory, 28-27. Brooks, quarterback. Quarterback. Shoot, I mean, yeah, uh, this is a big confidence booster for us, for sure. I mean, this is not the you know record we would hope to have at this point in the season. Um, not the position we'd hope to be in, um, in the playoff race and all that, but all we can do is just keep pushing. And we talked about that all week, and we had opportunity to come and, and spoil their party. And, um, you know, be a really good football team and build confidence going forward. And, and I'm so glad we were able to do that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch that HBO yeah, episode. Yeah, throw down that's, that's my quarterback. <laughs> Just wiping away tears. Will Levis, some experts might say, is the second coming of Steve McNair. Oh, but, oh John Elway. Oh, oh, yeah, John Elway. Okay. But the Titans, what they were able to do, guys, honestly, I... 
turned off the TV after that Gare error <laughs> when he muffed the punt because I just thought, that's so Titans. This game is over with. There is absolutely no way that they're going to be able to come back. And they did. Going for two paid off for the Titans, and they were able to hold on. And the Titans defense, surprisingly, they were able to hold off Miami. And I know that Tyreek Hill was dealing with an ankle injury, but still, the Titans were without Jeffrey Simmons. And they got five sacks. Landry was a big part of that, getting three sacks. That was just a really, really good game for the Titans. And I've been saying this. I've been encouraged by Will Levis, and I'm really excited for the Titans to continue to build around him as their future quarterback and there's another great quarterback story brewing in the national football league it's new jersey native tommy devito tommy devito playing for the giants and winning three in a row uh here's brian dable his coach last night after devito did it again that's his job um third game of over 100 quarterback rating made good decisions took care of the ball used them in a run game um just keep developing him he's he's improving still got stuff to work on but you know, like I said two, three times last week, I think he's a, a young player that's you know, doing the right things, um, making the most of his opportunity, earned the right to play today, and he earned the right to play um, the next week. You know, he's kid's done a good job. If you were casting a New York Giants football team, Brian Dayball should be the head coach, right? With, with, <laughs> with the round, bald pumpkin head. <laughs> and Tommy DeVito should be the quarterback. I like right? it. And Saquon Barkley should be the running back. I think, yeah, I think this is, it's in, uh, this team, something is happening. Saquon obviously being healthy helps. Uh, they're running the ball well. Tommy DeVito does add an extra element with, I mean, Daniel Jones ran the ball really well as well. So they have that ability, um, but they're finding ways to win for a team that you didn't expect much from when their starting quarterback went down for the year. It's it's fun to watch it. the story for Tommy DeVito. This is like his Lynn Sanity moment. I don't know if you have <laughs> – if he's not in New York, I don't know that this plays out in the manner in which it does. But this is this is his Lynn Sanity. This is his – I don't want to say 15 minutes of fame, but this is his time, his season, and he's enjoying and embracing every moment of it, and it's really cool to see. Remember in their opener how bad the offensive line yes. was? Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Yeah. They were then, bad all year. They, 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 they figured some things out. Better last night. Yeah. yeah. The Lynn Sanity comparison is great because that's what it feels like yeah, right now. Yeah. It's DeVito insanity. Or mm. Is there something else that we could describe? it? We're, we're good with nicknames, guys. So yeah. we're, what are we calling this? DeVito? Uh, it's DeVito intervention. Oh. <laughs> oh. I like that. There you go. And this is why he has to open up a restaurant. Yeah. Tommy yeah. D's. Strike Somebody texts it in. You have to. Yeah, strike while mm. the iron is hot. And I loved his agent. Don't use your own money. Who dressed up as I wouldn't guess a mobster, yeah. mafia guy. <laughs> that was great. I'm I'm assuming he dresses like that every All day. All the time. Every yep. single day. I wonder if he's NFLPA approved. That would be ideal. <laughs> Hopefully he is. He's yeah. on the sideline now, so you, you kinda no, gotta good. go with it. Yeah, he's, he's if good. he wasn't, you gotta go with it. Blues play tonight, six thirty. That game, by the way, is an ESPN national game. So we have a five thirty pregame here on one oh one ESPN with Alex Ferrario and Joe Vitale, and then we'll have the action for you at six thirty as the Blues take on the hated Red Wings, who will come to town without David Braun, suspended for six games for cross checking a guy in the face, which I think shouldn't even be a penalty. Man, but no. the NHL has all this safety stuff that they'll deal I mean, with. They, he put his guy <laughs> down, so, you know. Yeah. Perron went over there and settled for the, an settled the score. Yeah. I, we what, went what, all biblical on him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. which, uh, which Blues team shows up tonight? It's going to oh. be the good one. You, it's, you, a, it's a try-hard team. It's the try-hard team yep. tonight. Yep. Are you certain? A uh, couple days off. At, Shen at said home? what he said. They were at home, right? 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, I don't know if national TV has anything to do with it. But I, I, they've been embarrassed their last two games. If there's ever a game where you're going to try hard, it should be after you have been just completely embarrassed for two consecutive games against the dregs of the National Hockey League. Yes, and especially after those comments, you would hope that they would have a better response. I, I got to tell you guys, I, I wouldn't expect it. No? No. Nah. You think it's just going to get worse I, from here? I, if, if you have to say that out loud you got to say the quiet part out loud, then there are problems, in my opinion. In my yeah. in my experience of being in locker rooms, Randy, I've been in some locker rooms where I looked around that thing and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> and then I've been in locker rooms like, oh, we're good. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem. But in any of those locker rooms, it was never a question of effort. Mm-hmm. And if it's a question of guys doing their job, literally what you are paid to do, you are paid to show up, perform well, give effort, do your job at a high level. And if someone has to question that, your team captain or coaches or fans, media, that's problematic. And that means guys should really take a hard look at themselves and figure out what what do you – I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are the same way. They got guys on their team that don't always play hard. Yeah. And they aren't going to win many games. And I said it earlier, bad players get good coaches fired every week, every year, every season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's something that they got to figure out. That's the Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. Coming up, a big toy drive in St. Louis. It's been going on for years, and it's one that's near and dear to our hearts. We're going to talk to our friend Jimmy Collins about that toy drive next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It is the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. Good to have you with us and... Our late great friend Demetrius Johnson every year at this time would do wonderful things for the community. Every year on the Saturday before Thanksgiving, DJ would have a turkey meal giveaway for uh, people that live in the inner city. And then at this time of year, always had a toy drive and uh, an annual Christmas party for kids. This year, the toy drive is going on now. And through the 14th, you can drop off a a toy, a new unwrapped toy at the Grand Center Barber and Beauty Salon, 3315 Olive in St. Louis, uh, and uh, you can do thro- so Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. If you drop off a toy at the Grand Center Barber and Beauty Salon, you can contribute to the Toy Drive, which provides toys for kids, and every year DJ had a great party over at Union Station, and he's going to have that again this year. Uh, the, the Demetrius Johnson Charitable Foundation is going to. The annual Christmas party for kids is going to take place December 17th at 10 a.m. at Union Station, and uh, we're efforting our friend uh, Jimmy Collins, who is the executive director now of the Demetrius Johnson Charitable Foundation, but what DJ did in our community was so important, and I, I always said when DJ would introduce me that we needed more people like Demetrius Johnson. We needed a world of DJs. And now, more than ever, because we don't have DJ, we need people to step up and fill the void that was left by his passing last Christmas Eve. Yeah, I just remember when I moved here to St. Louis, you know, you always kind of get the rundown of people that you have to meet. And Maurice Drummond, um, who used to be the sports director over at KMOV and 
we worked together for a while, he was like, you got to meet Demetrius Johnson. And after meeting Demetrius Johnson, you just saw the impact he has. And he just had such a glow, I guess is the best mm-hmm. way to say it. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Just this glow, this energy about him. And he put so much work in into the community and worked so hard with building relationships with Mizzou. When Eli Drinkwitz came in, Eli made sure to build up that relationship with Demetrius and making sure that they were working within the community and um, he did so many amazing things, Demetrius did, and I'm glad that it's still being carried on. I think he, he obviously did a lot of great things. And then we were talking about it earlier, just the amount of work and effort uh, that he put into his foundation and the events that he would have. Uh, it, it's I wanted to talk to Jim about it, just knowing how much work he has to do now because Demetrius – it struck me as a guy that was hands-on in every matter, in every every facet of the foundation, and making sure that he did a lot of the work to the point where you look up and like, oh, I didn't even know all of that was required to get this mm-hmm. this certain thing done. So you know, it's um it's unfortunate his untimely passing, but it's also awesome to see how much the foundation has continued to do the work, how much his family has been involved, and everyone that has been a part of it to make sure that it is uh, going in the right direction. Yeah, it really is amazing what DJ has has been able to build and what continues now with uh, Jimmy Collins and the incredible staff at the Demetrius Johnson Charitable Foundation. And Jim Collins joins us now on 101 ESPN. Jimmy, good morning. Thanks for taking the time and thanks for doing what you're doing for the community uh, in the absence of DJ. It really is remarkable. Oh, well, you know what? First of all, thanks for having us on. Thanks, guys, and good morning. And, and you know, DJ was a man of the community, Randy, and you guys were really close. And so we're just trying to continue that legacy in the community and, and, and do some great things during the holiday season. Well, Coach, first of all, congratulations on winning state again. You all are doing a fantastic job down there. And I wanted to ask you um, – when you when when you kind of took over the role after DJ's passing, we know DJ was pretty much hands on with everything and took care of all of the stuff. Did you realize how much work he was doing and keeping away from you all? And, and now you're like, oh my goodness, this is I got to do what? Hey, 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 you know what, coach? You know what, coach? It's funny you say that. I was just talking to somebody about that. Um, this morning, it is a twenty-four-seven <laughs> job, man. And it, but 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 while it's rewarding, what you're so impressed with, guys, is the relationships that DJ built in the community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even in his passing, people still want to be a part of. Donors still want to be a part of because not only did they believe in DJ, they believed in the work that he did in the community. Three decades. You know what I mean? And 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 and, and we have to uphold that because oftentimes when people pass on foundations die as well and so we're determined as an organization as a board as a volunteers in the community not to let his legacy pass and you guys are doing such a good job of that especially with this toy drive i just remember demetrius he surprised many families but this one family in particular didn't even know him but he made sure to get the gifts all these gifts that these kids wanted for their christmas making it super special from this toy drive what all should people be bringing in and what would help well you, well, you know what? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, we we are grateful for anything. Uh, you know, we we want to make Christmas a little bit better for deserving families. And one of the things we do, and we 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 partner with uh, Coach Ford from St. Louis University basketball, uh, Coach, and we go out, Randy, actually on Christmas Day, and we adopt some families on Christmas Day. Show up, they don't know, and and so. It's just it's just a great time of year, and we we are really excited about all the things that we're going to be doing this holiday season. We have our party on December seventeenth uh, at Union Station downtown. They get a sit down lunch, they get toys, they get to dance, and it's just a 
it's just a grateful time of year for us, and you can you can you can definitely uh, be with us on Sunday by invitation, and I'll tell you guys where they can reach us at. All right, yeah, and let's start with this: if people have a a toy that they can drop off for the toy drive, uh, it's at the Grand Center Barber and Beauty Salon, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. Big Mike's Barbershop, and so and so. Big Mike's been a part of the foundation for a long time, and so yes, they can definitely drop uh, toys off at that barbershop there. And then the, the the party is great because you get to see the the looks on the faces of the kids as they get their Christmas presents. Are there uh, openings for people to volunteer, JC? Absolutely. They can reach out to the Demetrius Johnson Foundation at gmail.com if they want to come and volunteer on uh, Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon. Or they can text or call 314-766-3000. And that's a great opportunity for high school kids that will be out of school and they want to get community service hours. Uh, we welcome high school kids as well, Randy. And, uh, Jimmy, I, I want to also touch on some of the other things that happened during the course of the year. And I know Carrie was involved with the the, um, the combine for kids for mm-hmm. HBCUs. And the, the foundation under DJ did so much and still continues to do so much. Tell us a little bit about, uh, and this will be later on, when you have the combine for uh, young football players. Sure, absolutely. That'll be, this will be, uh, I think, our 10th year. Uh, Randy, this spring doing it. It'll be in May. It'll be at uh, D. Cardinal Ritter High School, uh, the back-to-back state champions. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll provide, again, kids an opportunity to get a look-see. You know, many times, uh, and Coach can attest to this, many times the HBCUs don't have the budget to get out and see kids, particularly in this uh, particular area that we serve here in St. Louis. But what we do, Randy, is we say, hey, if you can get here, we'll take care of your hotel, we'll take care of all your food, we'll take care of everything for you if you can just get here. And so kids get an opportunity to be seen by some great historically uh, African-American institutions. Well, Jimmy, what you do is amazing. We're so proud of uh, what DJ started and what uh, you and the staff continue with the Demetrius Johnson Charitable Foundation. And again, if people can uh, drop by a toy at Big Mike's Barbershop and then volunteer, and it's at Demetrius Johnson Foundation at gmail.com, right? Absolutely. What you guys do is uh, is amazing as well. I listen all the time, and thank you for having me on, guys. Happy holidays to you. Same to you, JC. Take care. Uh, Jimmy Collins with us on 101 ESPN and... uh, I, I love DJ. He was uh, one, one of my best friends in the world. And it is important that we continue the tradition of goodness that he brought to our community. I think that's the, I mean, as a as a pro athlete, former pro athlete, I think one of the most rewarding things you can do is giving back to the community that, that helped you, that helped raise you, that helped put you in the position that you are uh, or were in. And so he did a fantastic job of of getting that started and going as many years as he did. And I, like I said, I think it's awesome that the foundation has picked up and not allowed it to, to fall by the wayside and just continuing to go in the direction that they're going in. And uh, happy holidays to you. We, we appreciate what you do and listening to us, and hopefully you can get involved in some way, shape, form, or manner with helping uh, in a charitable endeavor some way this year. Coming up, the Red Wings are in town. Did the NHL mess up by moving Detroit to the Eastern Conference? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Back in 1995, the Detroit Red Wings advanced to the Stanley Cup Finals, eventually losing 
but uh, going to the finals after spending better than three decades out of the Stanley Cup finals and on their way to the 95 Stanley Cup finals the Red Wings beat the Dallas Stars and the Chicago Blackhawks before falling to New Jersey. The next year, the St. Louis Blues acquired Wayne Gretzky. And in the second round of those playoffs, the Red Wings beat the Blues before falling in the conference finals to the Colorado Avalanche. The year after that, the Red Wings finally break through and win the Stanley Cup. But on the way to the Stanley Cup, they beat the Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. After that, 1998, the Red Wings again beat the Blues in the Stanley Stanley Cup uh, playoffs and they eliminate the stars and they win the Stanley Cup again. Detroit has a long and storied history of making life miserable for the Blues and the Blackhawks and the Colorado Avalanche and several years ago, about a decade ago, the league determined that it would be a good thing and this was at the behest of the Red Wings if the Red Wings would move to the Eastern Conference. As John Kelly mentioned earlier, when they would play a 7 o'clock game in St. Louis, that started at 8 o'clock in Detroit. But they also had to play a lot of West Coast games, 9.30 start St. Louis time or 10.30 in the Mm. East. So the league moved Detroit. But while that move may have been better for Detroit, and they have not been back to a Stanley Cup since leaving the Western Conference, those were some really heated, great rivalries that the Red Wings had with the Blues, the Blackhawks, the Stars, and the Avalanche. It seems like, to me, that you would be better off to change the schedule around a little bit and have them play 8, eight o'clock starts. Don't have them play as much on the West Coast, which is the way they have it now, so that you could, could have preserved those rivalries. Those rivalries were awesome. I think rivalries are always important in sports. Cause, and So do you think that the Red Wings rivalry is bigger than the Blackhawks with the Blues? No, it's but during the 90s it was. Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt. But for the More entire, bad blood between yeah, the team. Yeah. Yes. For the entirety of the franchise's existence, it's the Blackhawks. But man, during the 90s, up until they moved to the to the Eastern Conference, we never had a bunch of Blackhawks fan in the face. <laughs> but those uh, insufferable Red Sox, uh, Red Sox, Red Wings fans that come to town with their stupid jerseys, worst jerseys in sports, all of sports. You didn't like the, the wheel on with wings? <laughs> stupid. What, you're not a fan? <laughs> stupid. The uh, and then they, they would show up wearing those ridiculous sweaters. <laughs> And they actually did deserve at times to to get punched, but it was great because they hated us. Well, they they would kind of flick us away because they always beat us. But it was a rivalry for us, and it was a big thing. And our players hated them too. Mm-hmm. And to me, the la- the league and our our franchise lost a little bit of luster when we lost this rivalry. I think the, I mean, obviously you never want rivalries to to go away. I, it's difficult, but it, it happens in sports. I mean, the Astros moved to the AL side of things, so they're not in the NL Central anymore. That, that Those things happen. I understand why they needed it to happen, though. If you are an East Coast team playing in a Western mm-hmm. division, and oh well, East Coast time, actually, and you're playing in the West Coast, that's a difficult – I mean, we have trouble when the when the game started 9 p.m. here in, in, in L.A. to watch the Blues. I wouldn't be able to imagine a game starting at 10 p.m. to watch the Blues right. play on the West Coast. So if you're a fan of the team and you want to keep eyeballs on your, on your club and on your organization – that probably was the best solution for them in terms of making sure that their fans were able to, you know, easily access what they were doing. What is your favorite rivalry moment or hatred moment between the Blues oh, you know and the what? Red Wings? It, it, it's, it's really weird. Well, let me give them my favorite and then, because we never beat them. But the, the most memorable, obviously, is Iserman. And as it turns out, 
it wasn't John Casey's fault. It was just a brilliant shot by Iserman. But uh, I, I think my favorite was when Pronger came back after basically dying on the ice and missed it. He, he didn't miss a game. They, they had a day off the next day, and then he comes back and, and plays. And Pronger drove those guys nuts <laughs> because he would slash and he would hack, and it, it would drive him crazy. And the Blues had teams good enough to beat Detroit. It always came down to the goalie, though. We, we, Grant Fury gets hurt. If Grant Fury doesn't get hurt against Toronto in 96, the Blues probably do win the Stanley Cup. But then you had the meltdown for Turek, uh, both in 2000 and 2001, and one of those was against Colorado. Uh, the other one was against San Jose. But the Blues had teams that were the equal of Detroit except for the goalie, and that got really frustrating. It's hard to beat a team. They were really good in the 90s. They, they, they had some great. some really good teams uh, and some really good players. It's hard to to beat a team that is that good in winning championships. That's frustrating. There, there, was, a, I was, there was a brawl. Right. And mm-hmm. was it 91? I'm looking at the video now. I feel like I vaguely remember that with the Red Wings. They, they were, they were kind of scrapping all over the ice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there were times where like Quenville would get into it with Scotty Bowman. That's awesome. Coach yeah. fight is better than, than goalie fight. <laughs> right. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Oh, take oh, it. Take it. Yeah. I don't know. I always love a goalie fight. I mean, but if you got two coaches screaming at each yeah. other across the, you know, across the players. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just go ahead and meet up in the middle. Yeah, right. <laughs> so th- that part of it was really fun. And they there would be things like the Blues would go into uh, Joe Louis Arena for a first playoff game and be planning to practice. And they would have their scoreboard down at ice level. And the scoreboard guys would say, oh, yeah, we got to do scoreboard maintenance. You guys can't practice here today. And then there, there was another time where Bowman would have the visiting locker room painted a half hour before the Blues would show up, so the Blues would walk in and it would smell like paint. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Or there was another, I love the yeah, mind game. He, he would cut, like, he, he would have a, a, you know, it's a wooden bench down there. Yeah. He would have a foot cut off of the bench. So that they would so less, that, yeah, so that they didn't crowded. have room. Yeah. Yeah. It's he was a, a nutshell. He's a mastermind. He really was. You, you, yeah. And then if you're playing in Joe Lewis Arena, you got to fight. Like, that, that's oh, yeah. kind of the name. Lewis, yeah. You got to fight. Yeah, like, right. if you're there, it has yeah. to be a fight. And then the other thing, and I know we've got texts on this and we'll get to a couple, but the other thing about it was that. They get Shanahan and they win a cup, and then they get Hull and he wins a second yes. cup with them. And Cujo wound up, Cujo wound up wearing that stupid sweater. You know that was just brutal. Uh, and and Steve Duchesne, they would steal our guys. Jamie Rivers wound up going there and winning a cup for them. They they took our guys and won cups with guys that we couldn't win Stanley Cups with. It was just. Miserable. I I hated the Red Wings. You well, like that's logo, still though, that's right? still kind of happening though with Blame them taking our guys because they've turned into the Blues 2.0. Yeah, you they, have Robbie have. Fabry over there. Obviously, we talked about David Perron, but he won't be playing tonight because of the suspension. Mm-hmm. And there's so many else I'm missing. Jake Wallman's killing it. Oh, Jake Wallman. Like, yes, he's doing Cusos really doing well. Good, yeah. Wallman is a monster yeah. up there now. I forgot about yeah. that. You're he's right. He's goals. He's doing. He, he's hitting the gritty on the ice. He's hitting did, the gritty. Which I did not know was a dance move you could do on ice. That was pretty awesome. Can. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. idea. We got. We got Yakub Rana. Oh, oh from them. No, yeah. no. Uh, we get a text that the Russians, <laughs> the Russian five, were really good. They were spectacular. Somebody does text in in all caps from the three one four. It was John Casey's fault. Uh, man, that was. That was an epic shot by Steve. And I, I never even realized it. One time on a Sunday morning during the pandemic, uh, early in the morning, and there, there were no sports going on, and I'm just watching, and Joe Buck texts and says, hey, uh, Blues Red Wings on, 
uh, NHL Network. And that's all he had to tell me. I knew what it was. <laughs> and so I, I put myself through the misery of watching that game seven and watching that shot from Eisman. And I spent 96, 06, 16, I spent 25 years thinking that it was John Casey's fault. And it wasn't. It wasn't John <laughs> Casey's fault. It was just an epic shot by Steve Eisman. And I'm willing to give the guy credit. But I enjoyed those 25 years of hating him, of, mm. him, of being mad at John Casey. Yeah. He's got to be angry at something. You gotta find something to be upset. So angry, we're gonna punch somebody. So, are are you guys happy now with the Blackhawks rivalry? Even though they're well, the Blues, it's yes. been a, it's been a while. Well, we had sixteen. It's been a while since the Blues and Blackhawks have both been good at the same time. Yes, that's oh. my issue is that not being good at the same time. I feel like a newer rivalry for the Blues would be the Predators. Yeah, I feel definitely. like they always play hard against each other. Yeah, you gotta have one of those those fights though, a scrap well, or where, where... just like Cadre on the other side. Yeah, there you oh. go. Yeah. yeah, somebody that you hate. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and and for honestly, for it to be a a true rivalry, I feel like it has to be in the playoffs. It has to be a moment yeah. where you are mm-hmm. battling to try to advance to the next round, or battling to to make it to the Stanley Cup. You you those are the rivalries that you know really transcend. And that's what ruined this. That's yes. why taking the Red Wings away from the Western Conference, in a way, the the league messed up. Now, was there? We, we can blame the NHL. It, it, from a logistics standpoint, it was a smart move, but you didn't make Randy Carricker happy doing it. No. <laughs> really, that's what, if you're Gary Bettman, don't you really have to look at making Randy Carricker happy? I think yeah. should think about that. Yeah, thank well, you very much. You could also argue that it helps with TV ratings. I mean, rivalries are always oh. great for TV ratings. Blues and, and Blackhawks, uh, Blues and Red Wings were always on national TV. Yeah. It was great. It, like it was so fun. I love... The, the greatest thing about sports is the emotion that it elicits. That's why the Stanley Cup playoffs are so great, because it makes you angry or enthralled or thrilled. I mean, you run the gamut of emotions during the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, Kerry, you, as a player, you can't do it. You have to keep your focus. I, I would love to go down after a hockey game sometime and punch out a, a player on the opposing team in their <laughs> locker room. Yeah. I would love to do that. But it's because I, we don't have to maintain our equilibrium yeah. as fans. Well, I think there's a text here. Raven still still is rivalry. When you play a team that you are familiar with, a team that's in your division or a team that you see numerous times mm-hmm. a year, there is something there. And there is a, a bit of a hatred, a respect, mm-hmm. but a hatred for that team knowing that either they have prevented me from attaining something, they're standing in the way of what I want to get to, and the only way to get to it is go through them. And that makes mm-hmm. sports. That's what makes yeah. sports fun. Yeah. Yes. It's all fun and games until Matt Canada shows up. Oh, <laughs> oh. Matt got fired three weeks ago. He's still taking and, shots. And then it's a very unfun game. <laughs> it is. Hey, uh, Brooke is fired up about chicken and pickle in St. Charles. Uh, you're, you're going this weekend, right? I'm going and you, Saturday. And you're going to be intense. And I'm Curbs so is going to be there Sunday at the new chicken and pickle in St. Charles. Sunday is the first pickleball tournament ever at the new chicken and pickle location, and it's an ugly sweater tournament. Plenty more happening at their new facility that includes 11 pickleball courts, a game yard, a rooftop bar, and much more. Check it out this Sunday with Curbs, who will be at Chicken and Pickle from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. in St. Charles. Get more information at 101ESPN.com. And we're going to give away tickets. Uh, Let's see. uh, Let's give away some tickets for Def Leppard, Journey, Heart, uh, Cheap Trick. Steve Miller Band. Uh, <laughs> and not all separately, all at once. All no. at once. We're going to give away yeah. tickets for them. On July 6th. Yeah, July 6th. That's next on 101 ESPN.
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It's the holiday season and whoop-dee-whoop. The dickity-dock or something. I don't know. Uh, But here, with it being the holiday season, you can help 101 ESPN support Operation Food Search throughout the month. We partnered with STL Shirt Company to offer a special 101 ESPN online merch store, offering 101 ESPN t-shirts and hoodies and hats and more. Plus, we brought back some of your favorite designs, including the Dunctionary shirt, Be Patient, Jamie Rivers and Brad Thompson jerseys. Order any 101 ESPN swag during the month of December. Proceeds from all sales will go to support Operation Food Search. Visit the 101 ESPN online merch store now at 101ESPN.com, powered by McBride Homes. And we do have your opportunity to win tickets to an epic concert next July 6th at Bush Stadium. It's going to be Def Leppard and Journey with Cheap Trick, Heart, and the Steve Miller Band. And you can see them all. All you need to do is help us out with uh, a text. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! And your chance to win free tickets will occur right now. You can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Def Leppard and Journey at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 mobile app. By the way, tickets go on sale Friday, December 15th for this epic concert. But your chance to get tickets now, and all you need to do is answer a question that Matthew has devised for you. Uh, we're going to go texture number 25 on this one, Randy, mm-hmm. and the question's very simple. 25. Good, good, good. Okay. Which franchise did Jim Abbott win the most games for? Which MLB franchise did Jim Abbott win the most games for? Okay. Hmm. Texture number 25 on that one. It's kind of a random. What, what made Jim Abbott your <laughs> choice here? Yeah. I like themes, Randy. Okay. okay. I like themes. What's the theme? Well, that's the, you guys are all going to have to figure that one out. That's part of the, that's part of the fun. Okay. Mm. Yeah, we'll, fi- we'll figure Intriguing out. Intriguing here. I keep trying. Well, for one of these giveaways, my plan is to have it be the four answers of the fight all have something in common, and the and the texture has to text what that is. Huh. Do you know how hard it is <laughs> to get four fight questions that all have an answer that has something in common? I haven't figured it out yet, Pretty but hard. that's the plan. That's that's the next way I'm going to try to do a giveaway because I'm trying to c- confuse all you people. Because everything, according to the listeners, is way too easy. <laughs> so I'm trying to make it hard now. Right. What else you got for us, sir? One thing I, I, I've been diving into tomorrow, the CONCACAF, which is the organization that uh, organizes all the international competitions that our MLS team, STL City, plays in. And tomorrow, there's a draw because being a very successful team, MLS or SEL City SC will play in this competition. So they get drawn into the bracket tomorrow. But here's the problem, Randy. I'm trying to figure out how this 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 bracket draw works. And after three different websites reading multiple paragraphs and having to relearn how to do algebra, I don't know what the heck is going on. <laughs> sports, I'll finally I'll I'll I'll, I'll Admit it to you on this one, guys. The nerds got too much into sports, and this is this. It finally, it, it finally, wow. I finally hit my oh. level when I had to when I had to re-Google Whoa. how to do basic algebra. That's when I was like, you know what, this has gone too far. Yeah. I, um. And not only that, there's I, I keep doing I keep I went down this huge rabbit hole last night, and again, I, I the thing I found now is that there is a formula that the that Comcast says, hey, we use this formula, mm-hmm. and it's 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 not on the internet. 
I cannot find it. No matter everything I try, yeah, it apparently is not publicized. Much like QBR, which makes me want to punch a wall every time ESPN uses it. Just give me the stupid freaking numbers you nope. use so I can tell you if it's a good or bad stat. It's probably a bad stat. That's probably why they won't show it to anybody. But again, I don't know why this is this is how this is why certain sports have fan problems. Like literally until you get to the very last season of the NFL, you don't have to worry about a single freaking equation to tell if your teammate's going to be in the playoffs mm-hmm. or not. But yet every other sport needs to make everything so freaking complicated at times when it's really unnecessary. All I want to know is City won the West, so therefore they're in pot two. If you just give me that, I can accept the fact that you do a weird thing where you where you devise your brackets basically by picking names out of a hat. I can uh, accept that, but this has gotten too far. I haven't moved past your comment that there was such thing as basic algebra. It's <laughs> <laughs> you automatically you just tune out. The, but yeah, yeah, you know what? Why not just do a random draw? Why not have it be random? Why? I think. And the thing fun. is, is like, why would we do things that are simple? In their explanation, their system, they keep calling it a self-correcting system with that 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 achieves greater fairness. Oh. And it's like, sure, you can say that, but then you don't actually explain how it works, and I'm just supposed to take it for granted that, yeah, your system's better than the one we previously had. You this have is, to take their word for it, Rob. I don't like that, Carrie. I, I hate I, taking I people's word for oh, it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I need, I, you, you I need, need to, to read the formula. Research. Because at one point, at one point, not to get too crazy with the numbers, at one point, the points you get in this formula dictate your ranking, and your ranking dictates which bracket you go into, essentially. But the part of the ranking is probability. So it's like they, they, they de- determine your ranking based off if your win was better than your expected win. But they don't explain how they find that number. And so it's, it's this nebulous thing now that a casual fan can't even go find out, which, again, completely kills the want of the fan to go find it. And this is why soccer is is so problematic in this country. We talk about the, the Major League Baseball needing to have a trade deadline. Soccer is a huge thing in other countries, and, and transfer deadline days are a huge thing. And they're kind of just meh in the MLS because they do their contracts different than the entire world. These things are why MLS and other sports are down, and I, I don't know why they shoot themselves in the foot. Just just have a publicized thing where you're pulling names out of a hat for all I care. Get a lottery system. I don't know. We, we apparently like that in this country. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. We yeah. love Yeah. Lottery. It's just, it shouldn't shouldn't take me, someone who's like a nerd about this stuff, an entire night of research to not even get to the end of the road. You got to simplify these things. I know I've been the nerd guy for a long time, but I I can, I can finally throw my hands up. Don't do this. Just. Stop. I can't do that. Just no, stop. you know, at some point. I have to know. Listen, man. At some point, you I don't have to know. Have to know I have to know what war bacon means. No one's going to know. No, oh I have God. to know what it means. Know. You don't. You just leave it. there. You have to. At some point, I want you to say, you know what? This is not that important in my life. There in the go. grand scheme of things, I can take a deep breath and walk what away and not turn about? around what? and look and worry. What? At some point, have I, you met Rob? Have you met That's rock? what I want, Carrie. This is Carrie. You understand? I know. I Carrie. You understand? I had to come on here and admit that that numbers in sports are stupid. That's very hard for me to do I, because I, it, it makes you guys seem like you've been correct all this I'm time, which we are. I don't I'm see. This, this is the slippery slope. I didn't want to get going down. I'm proud of you for that. That that took a that took a lot. I just so, I hit my. I will clap it up. For I that. could I can sit there and, and literally do math around sports stats for hours and not be bored. The nerdiest thing I've ever said it in my is. entire that life. That might be. But 
if I get if I get to a point where I'm like this is too much, that's that's I think that's a good benchmark of saying yeah yeah we've gone too far. No 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 I think the benchmark <laughs> the is way right. You're right. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. You're actually, we're beyond the looking glass. The line is a dot to me. There you go. You're 100 correct. All right. Uh, That'll do it for the show. What was it? Do we have a winner, by the way? Did somebody yes. give the right answer? Yes. Yes, they did get the right answer. He won the most games in his career with the California Angels. Jim Abbott did. Yes, he did. And, and Jim ha- Jim Abbott going to uh, provide that uh, the winner with a round of applause. Oh, Randy. Oh, Randy. Randy. <laughs> hero. The man was Randy. a hero. By the way, the best part about Jim Abbott is his baseball <laughs> reference says, um, pitches left, bats left, and then it went for field it says, left as well. And I think that is the greatest distinction oh, on a baseball reference page I've ever seen in my entire life. Randy. Randy. We, Randy. we need to wrap this show up before we <laughs> get ran out of here. It's time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> Gotta shut her down. Let's shut her down. <laughs> producer, audio and video engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, was it fun? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Until the end. How about that? How about that? Show us your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? Hey, we we thank you you tomorrow. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Hey, and if you're driving around today. Some of you. Uh, <laughs> no, please no. We were we, getting we, out of we, here. We, just, we, we know you aren't changing the station. Oh, Brooks, face. Because you can't. Uh, no. <laughs> for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great Taco Tuesday, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.